Hello, listeners. You're about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I'm what you'd call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 19. Uh, Me and Alex coming back at you with some kind of some fresh baseball news that has uh, kind of the latest that's happened in the past week. Um, We're actually pulling a little audible today, Alex. We're starting uh, starting this podcast a little early. Uh, Today is July 28th, uh, Wednesday night. It's almost Mm -hmm. around 10 p.m. So um, bring the midnight tequila almost. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be basically going to talk about in this episode, um, we're going to go through, of course, our common end of month, you know, all MLB team with our awards. We'll kind of sum through that. I honestly think that that'll be a pretty quick segment because now we're starting to get later into the season where those positions and those players are really getting more defined at that spot. And so I don't see too much stuff changing with all that kind of stuff. Um, we'll actually go through also, um, Kind of the, the main thing about baseball right now, the, the trade deadline. We're going to talk about some of the trades that have happened lately, um, some big trades that have actually happened today, and some that have them that have happened throughout the week. But um, kind of highlight all that kind of stuff as well. And then also we want to talk about um, since it's the Olympics uh, right now, we kind of want to give our you know what if almost Team USA team if there was an Olympics for baseball right now and there was no baseball season. Let's just say something kind of like a World Baseball Classic. Me and Alex, of course, are going to give you our take and our picks for that team USA, um, who we kind of have like on our, our all perfect USA team for all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, and then of course some other stuff along the way as the, uh, as the podcast goes along. But, um, Alex, let's start off with, uh, kind of the big news and the big stories around the league. And that is the trade deadline for the MLB Absolutely. Uh, season so far. And, and, you know, there are some huge names still on the market, but there of course have been some pretty, I would say honestly, even significant moves, maybe a little underrated moves Uh, that we've seen so far. So I'll kind of cover them um, just to start off with kind of the big trades that have happened so far. I actually mentioned the significant trades I think that have happened so far. So um, starting with kind of the first couple moves that happened on Monday, uh, Kendall Graveman was uh, traded to the Houston Astros from the um, Seattle Mariners. Right. And and we'll kind of cover that later, but I kind of, of course, want to go on the line. Um, Tyler Anderson traded from the Pittsburgh Pirates to the Seattle Mariners. So, so far, the ALS is making some noise. Um, Michael Givens from the Colorado Rockies traded to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, and then out of today, um, pretty big day out of, you know, baseball news today, Starling Marte will be heading to the Oakland A's from the Miami Marlins for exchange of Jesus Luzardo. Crazy. Who's kind of a kind of a you know a young stud upcoming, but um, but yeah, it was just kind of an interesting trade. And then of course, um, kind of the big news in the afternoon: uh, Joey Gallo going to the New York Yankees. Big power bat, great fielder, great arm. And then also um, Eduardo Escobar going to the uh, Milwaukee Brewers from the Diamondbacks. But Alex, I'll kind of highlight um, some of the big ones. We'll start off with just the Starling Marte going to the Oakland A's. Any any takes? Any any opinions on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's it makes sense from the Marlins' perspective, absolutely, because 
I mean, if you're a Marlins fan, if you're in the Marlins organization, you don't really care about the, your team's record this year. Um, you're kind of just taking what you can get, and you know you have lots of young talent that are uh, either up-and-comers or even still in the minors. Um, and so adding a guy like Lozardo, who was, uh, I'm not sure what the exact ranking was, but he's definitely the highest upside guy that Oakland had in terms of a pitcher. Um, I mean, the potential with what their rotation could look like in a few years is is really something else because um, they already have a bunch of young talent with uh, Alcantara, and obviously we saw Sixto Sanchez be very successful last year. Currently, I believe he's in the minors right now. They have the leading uh, candidate for Rookie of the Year currently in Rodgers, of course. So uh, the Marlins could be looking very, very deadly in, in a couple years in terms of their starting rotation. Add in a guy like Lazardo, who, Travis, I don't remember the exact year, but I think they have control of him until like 2029 or 2028. Something crazy. It's it, like I, I honestly believe it was 2027, but yeah, it, it's it's almost control for the decade. And and all Oakland is getting is Starling Marte for two months. A two-month rental. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, from the Marlins perspective, it makes so much sense. From the A's perspective, it feels like you shouldn't have had to give up Lazardo for this one two-month outfielder who's like an all-star and a good player but it feels like it feels like the Marlins won the deal but at the same time if this deal helps Oakland make the push in the postseason like make a championship series or something then you can say it was all worth it because you know at the end of the day if you're a team that's a wild card threat uh your goal is to be a legit contender and moves like this even though you may lose the trade it may still end up working out for both, working out for the A's as well. So, I mean, I, do you see this thing? Do you see this kind of the same way? Yeah, I guess you know. I think the A's are really kind of thinking this is almost like one of the last seasons to finally maybe make a playoff push because I see them in the future. Of course, not hanging on to Matt Chapman, not hanging on to Olson. A couple of their pitchers as well will probably be leaving. Um, Oakland, of course, limited with their spending because of the market they're in. Um, yeah, I think that this is the season they're probably saying we need to get over the hump. We need to get past the ALDS or the wild card round. Yeah. And so maybe Marte can be that push. Um, but yeah, you know, overall, I think the win definitely, of course, goes to the Marlins because you're right. They have really no competitiveness this season, probably next season, neither as well. But, you know, you start looking on the road 2024, 2025, this rotation is going to be young. It's going to be almost almost a young veteran rotation. It's going to be really nice down in Miami. I know Derek Jeter um, has kind of, you know, structured this kind of organization the way it needs to be ran. Um, and so, you know, we could see the Marlins possibly, you know, 2025 being that, like, you know, uh, team almost to really compete with in the AL East and in the NL. So, um, yeah, you brought up a great point this um, this afternoon when I was talking to you is that, with you know, that rotation will be uh, a very deadly one, you know, possibly in the next two seasons or so, maybe 2023 or 24, that rotation will be very good. But um, Alex, I'll move over to kind of another big move. And this is, um, you know, Yankee fans needed this. They needed some other name in that order with all the injuries they've gone through. Joey Gallo, the Texas Rangers slugger, will now be wearing the pinstripes and also will be having to take uh, a clean face to New York uh, and shave off the uh, kind of the scruffy beard. So um, your take on that one. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees, uh, I believe I said it last week, um, we were discussing who should be buyers, who should be sellers. The Yankees are in no position to be anything but an all-in kind of team right now. If they stay in limbo and don't try to go for it, then what are they doing? Because they're paying these guys so much money. These guys are going to get older and older. Guys like LeMahieu, guys like Cole. 
guys like Stanton. So uh, if you want to make something happen, it's going to have to be in the near future, in my mind, especially while you still have Judge on a, on a cheaper deal. I'm sure he's going to get paid big time uh, in, in a few years. So um, like I said, I believe I mentioned Gallo's name specifically. He makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, it gives them a left-handed bat for the middle of the lineup. It gives them another outfield option. Um, because they have like almost too many infielders, it seems, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, the outfielders. Oftentimes, you see guys like Gardner, guys like Frazier, um, sometimes even Andujar, guys who either are not as good with the bat or not as good with the glove um, to really be a full time guy. Uh, and so, because of that, I do see Gallup being a really good fit for them. Uh, yeah, I, I I like it for for the Yankees and then the Texas Rangers. It makes sense as well, just because you know. You're you're so far out of the race right now for this season, and you're not really have high hopes for next season either. So let's just get some young pitching in return. Let's get some youth uh, into the you know AAA system, and uh, hope that you know by the time our you know AAA guys are MLB ready, uh, the AOS maybe is a little bit open for us, and they can try to take advantage of that. So I like the trade for both. It makes a lot of sense. I guess the theme of this whole of today's events, teams like the A's, teams like the uh, the Mariners teams like the Yankees, all these teams that are in this AL wildcard race, we've discussed it, Travis, this AL wildcard race is going to be tight. Um, the NL feels like it's almost solved. The NL, it's like we know yeah. the wild card is going to come from the NL West almost certainly, um, both teams probably. The AL is going to be, it, it could go so many ways. It's going to go it, deep into September. Yeah. It, it, it could go, it could be two AL West teams. It could be two AL East teams. The Indians somehow could sneak in. Like there's so many ways mm-hmm. this could go. Um, and so these are the teams that are making these moves, right, Travis? It's the A's, it's the uh, it's the Yankees, it's the Mariners. Hopefully, for our sake, Travis, the Angels also make a move because <laughs> yes, we are yes. currently with five games back. I'm not sure they're in a game right now, so I'm not sure that's going to end up. But um, yeah. but yeah, essentially, these are the teams that are making the moves, and I, you know, I I respect teams going forward, even though they're not you know favorites because. I mean, being relevant is what it's all about. It seems so. Um, good, good for these teams. Yeah, you know, I will say too. You know, like the Marlins, good, for, uh, good for the Rangers. You know, getting some young prospects in that return to build for maybe something in the next couple of years. Um, definitely not looking to strike anytime soon for the Texas Rangers. Um, and then also for the Yankees, you're getting a guy that's going to be, you know, one of the top sluggers in the game. I'm actually looking at stats right now. You know, leading baseball in walks. So he actually right. is a big time walker also is very high as strikeouts so at least you see his walks high his strikeouts are high but of course um seeing the walks that's really good seeing his patience also you know not a very good batting average 223 batting average this season but a 380 on base i mean the guy is literally walking and that's really important i think for that yankees lineup having that sort of discipline um, well, I think, of course, help their other players. And then, of course, the slugging, a 490. You know, Joey Gallo is always going to have a great slugging. Um, and I think also with him, he has a great glove. He's going to provide great defense. And I really like him as well because he's almost like a super utility guy. He plays the corner outfield, and he also plays the corner infield. So one day you might need him at first base. The next day you need him in right field or left field, possibly even center field. And so I, I, I do see him playing some center field just because... Judge seems like a right fielder, and they have been using Judge in center sometimes. Yeah, they'll mm-hmm. have Judge in center with like Andujar on left and Frazier in right, and it just seems like kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. So I think keeping Judge in right, using Gallo in center a lot, like you said, first base could make a lot of sense if um, if Voit or if, you know maybe if, maybe they want Lemayhew playing second. You know, I, I know Voit has had some injury issues this year, of course. So you know, if something like that were to continue, 
Uh, Gallo, like you said, can fit, fill a lot of hole, fill a lot of holes, and like we also said, a lefty bat, which is something that they really don't have at all outside of Gardner. Uh, yeah, and yeah, you're he right. really is not a, a big threat in their batting lineup anyway. So you're right, you're right. And I see Joey Gallo just using that short portion at Yankee Stadium to his advantage. I mean, it, I mean, he should yeah. be hitting some. There's, shots there's gonna, there. there's gonna be pop flies, Travis. That yeah. are gonna be home runs for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also moving to the last guy, um, Eduardo Escobar, going to the Milwaukee Brewers. I really like this one, Alex, because it seemed like the Brewers were needing of that last guy um, to fulfill kind of maybe like an infield spot and to get get that last, you know, good bat in their lineup to help with that pitching staff. What do you make of that move? Yeah, I think I think it's a great one. Um, I will say I really did feel like that they were in play for a bigger name. And and, and the deadline's not we're not at the deadline yeah, yet. So you're right. there's still gonna be more to come. I really did feel like they were in play for a, a name like a story. You know, a name like, you know, maybe a Brian, who knows. But um, Eduardo Escobar kind of plays those similar positions, right? Um, he could be a good third base option, a first base option, depending on the day, depending on the, uh, you know, the pitcher, um, depending on how they want to organize the lineup. Council is a, a great manager, so he'll find good ways to, you know, construct those daily lineups. And being a switch hitter, a versatile player, he can even play some outfield. He can play corner infield. You know, who knows what happens with the Damas. He could play shortstop if he needed to, so... Um, I, I I like the deal a lot. It makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm just, I guess what I, the main point I want to hammer home is that I'm glad the Brewers are taking the deadline seriously. Yeah, they recognize that they are in a position where they feel like they could beat anyone in the series because mm-hmm. of their pitching. Let's just get a couple more bats to uh, I guess kind of help our pitchers out, and that's exactly what they did. They added an All Star and Eduardo Escobar. Um, we've seen what kind of damage he can do. He's been great. So, um, yeah, I I, I like the move. Um. I think he's going to be a presence in the lineup. And, yeah, I, I do like the Brewers a lot this year. I really hope that they can be a, a serious threat to these. You know, It really feels like the NL West is like one of these teams is going to take over the playoffs. Yeah. But I hope the Brewers kind of say, hold on one second, like check out what we got, these arms, and then hopefully a few bats to, uh, to uh, make it a complete team. Definitely, definitely. I think also Eduardo going to a winning team, unlike the Diamondbacks, which is just a complete opposite, that could also spark some – um, you know, higher elevated play. Even though he's having a great year, he was an all-star. I like that he also plays almost every infield spot. Um, he could give a lot of versatility to all those guys around there just in case if you need a guy at third, first, maybe even play shortstop too. But um, one guy actually, you know, actually one trade we didn't highlight, and it actually started the whole trade deadline news, was um, Adam Frazier going to the San Diego Padres. Right. So that was a very interesting and big one because we knew <laughs> that, that the Padres yeah we, we, we knew that the starting nine was it seemed good enough and then they go out there and get the all-star starting NL second baseman yeah it has, uh, just a little insight to the listeners we recorded our last episode discussing who should be buyers who should be sellers and some options for the teams the second we hit end in the end the recording we walk outside we uh, check our phones and there had been a trade, which was just the ultimate perfect timing. But um, yeah, Frazier, obviously a good player. Um, what role does he play in the Padres? I'm not 100% yet. What I imagine will be happening is I really think that they want to either shed uh, the the Hosmer contract. Uh, as a first baseman, he's just not been the valuable. He's not been the bat that they need at first base, essentially. Uh, and obviously he's being way overpaid. I really do think it'd be a good move for them to send a prospect as well as Hosmer, um, get rid of the contract. Yeah. Not only is his bat not being viable right now, but it may kind of stifle your growth a bit if you have this, you know, big, you know, mu- this big lump sum you owe every year to a guy who's not uh, an everyday guy. So, um, 
Cronenworth is a guy who can play first base. Uh, Myers is a guy who can play first base. So you have options where, um, I guess, you know, essentially Jace Tingo can get creative every day. Um, so now you have another middle infielder in uh, in Frazier, of course, and then Cronenworth can slide over to first base on days where Frazier's playing second. Um, Cronenworth can also play outfield. So I really think that adding more versatile uh, uh, position players is, you know, only a good thing. Uh, I think it does mean we see less of Hosmer, which is also probably a good thing, uh, assuming that they're going to try to be, you know, the best team in the NL. That's going to be their goal. So um, I like it overall. I do think that they are still going to want to get a pitcher. Uh, Snell had a bad outing today, and he's been pretty rocky this season overall. I know they're in the Scherzer sweepstakes. I'm not sure where Scherzer will go, obviously. That's kind of one of the big mysteries that's still left on the table. Uh, One of the guys who has, you know, still is either undecided because he does have that no trade clause. Uh, So he can veto any trade that is offered. Um, So I I do know that he would be interested in the West Coast team uh, is is what's been being reported. So uh, I think he'd be a good fit there. Obviously, it would make their pitching that much better. But uh, yeah, overall, the Padres are just doing Padres things. They're being aggressive. Yeah, it's it's really crazy that um, if they're able to get Scherzer, just the amount of pitching and overall talent that they've added in the last you know, less than a calendar year since pretty much the middle of the short 2020 season, they've added, you know, Clevenger added Darvish added Musgrove Snell. And if they add Scherzer too, you added five all-star pitchers in how much time it makes no sense. It's so crazy, but uh, hats off to them. They are doing it right. They're being aggressive and they have a real shot to uh, be, you know, to win the world series because of this, uh, these moves. No, I like it too. And I like that they kind of have been waiting for this moment almost for like a decade, I feel like. And I feel like they've had just saved up all these prospects. And I feel like, you know, signing Machado was big. And then you have Tatis with the success and Cronenworth. And then, of course, you have all those prospects. And you say, well, you know what? Might as well just trade some of these guys for really good starting pitching. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it could be it could be honestly an insane roster in one week for the San Diego Padres. Um, lastly, Alex, really quickly, I just want to ask you, of course, um, four big names still on the market, Craig Kimbrell, Max Scherzer, Chris Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo. I want you to kind of give me who you think is going to be picking up these four guys. I'll start with Craig Kimbrell. Where do you think he lands? Or in, or if he stays on the Cubs? Right. It's tough. I think that there's no real logic for the Cubs to keep all of those guys that you just listed that are on the Cubs currently. They need to be sellers. I think we discussed that last week, kind of saying they already have their foot halfway out the door with um, obviously trading Darvish in the offseason. And guys like Rizzo, guys like Bryant are going to have expiring deals. So you can't keep everyone anyways. Oh, Baez as well. So uh, they're going to have to trade someone. And I think Kimbrell makes a lot of sense to deal because he has so much value to a team that's already going to be playoff bound. My initial thought was Houston for a long time. And they have added both uh, Graveman and Montero from Mariners. And then I'm not sure if it's official yet, but I heard that they were in on Yimmy Garcia from the Marlins. Yeah, I thought that was official too. So yeah. so that just that just three relievers who are all, you know, have good upside. Even if one or two don't work out, you're gonna get someone that works there for the playoffs for you, no matter what. You just keep picked up three guys who who are, you know, solid, solid bullpen pieces. So I think that approach almost kind of tells me I doubt they go get another fourth guy. Mm-hmm. Even though the guys they got right now are not going to be super big contracts, they probably still have room for the Kimbrel, but I, I do think Kimbrel will probably go elsewhere. It's very hard to say. Uh, I wonder if maybe, I, I wonder, it's all about like which teams want to fill which void, right? I thought the Giants, I still think the Giants have to add someone. 
I thought maybe Scherzer was an option. Bryant also could be a sneaky option. Um, but maybe they want to go for bullpen. Who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. they want to have a Kimbrel and Mick McGee, the setup guy. Um, I know that you know they've had some late inning losses I've seen, so maybe uh, maybe adding Kimbrel could be the piece for the Giants need. Um, there's a lot of options, honestly. Also, going back to the Red Sox could be a, a fun move that gets the fans hyped in Boston. It feels like when people discuss the AL, at least in my mind, I feel like a lot of the buzz is around Houston and maybe the White Sox, maybe less less so the Red Sox. And maybe the Red Sox are just one or two moves away from becoming like a, an actual favorite in the AL, which I feel like right now they're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm, and then you can look at Rizzo. Rizzo could, you know, same as Kimbrough. There's tons of, of good fits. I do think that the um, the Red Sox need a first baseman. Uh, what's maybe one of their only holes in their lineup so far, Dalbeck has, you know, not been as complete a player as they probably were hoping. Uh, I do think having a nice lefty uh, that they could add towards the top of the order would be awesome in, in Rizzo. And uh, there's tons of other options. I, 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 I do feel like the Cubs, have, the Cubs have to keep someone, right? I don't know if they're going to re-sign Baez or Rizzo or Bryant, but I, I think, feel like... I think Baez has to be out of there. <laughs> you think so? I think Baez is kind of going to do better on another team, and I think that he is kind of the fan... I, to me, of course, like I always said, I think Rizzo is like the Cubs guy because yeah. he, he literally was there before the whole team developed into that World Series championship roster. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think Baez is probably the guy that has to go. So yeah, with that being said, if we're just looking at... Maybe the maybe the let Baez expire... Uh, in the in the off season, and maybe we're looking at like Bryant could be, you know, uh, in maybe a. Eh, I was gonna say Brewers, but I feel like Escobar and Bryant it almost becomes redundant because they're both kind of like these like corner infielder types that can also play like some corner outfield or maybe even shortstop if needed. So um, it, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. It, you know, I, 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 I do feel like teams that are still have a piece to add would be like the Giants and the Red Sox. I'd be looking. Yeah. At, I'd be looking at those teams. Yeah, you know, it was interesting too you know, maybe even the Padres have some sort of deal where they send, maybe they send, you know, a boatload of prospects and Hosmer to Cubs for maybe like someone like, like just like Rizzo, you know? I mean, I I don't, I don't think they're done. And and they were even saying they might not be done getting an infielder. And so it's kind of interesting to see that maybe Cronenworth could be a guy that becomes almost like an outfielder. I know Frazier plays some outfield too. And then, you know, you kind of have the ammo on the bench ready to go for the San Diego Padres. I mean, they're just loaded. Yeah. So, and they have the prospects. They I, have tons of prospects. So, I, I think I saw a rumor. And it was pretty much a joke, but um, there was a rumor like a, a couple of days ago, there was a whole trade Turner sweepstakes going on where people thought he was traded. They yeah. didn't know where. Turns out he just tested positive for COVID. That's why he got pulled from the game. Whole fiasco. But anyways, I saw a funny tweet or, or someone had a thought that um, maybe Turner goes to the Padres and they just put him in center field just because their middle infield is just too stacked already. They already have like four guys that can play shortstop or yep. or second base. So let's just get Turner. We'll use his talent and put him in center. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 it's, and that'll it's, work. It's funny because in 2016, even Turner was in the Padres organization and they traded him to the Nationals. I forget who the guy was in return for or what, what the three-way uh, trade was for. But um, yeah, I was talking about that earlier with you, Uh I just imagine imagine Turner and Tatis turning double plays in the infield for a decade. I mean, that would just be yeah. stupid. But um, I think my gut feeling, Alex, I think Rizzo is going to be a Red Sox yeah. uh, player. I think Bryant, surprisingly, I think Bryant, honestly, will be a Met. I could see that. I forgot about the Mets. Yeah. The Mets are also due to add somebody. They did make the move for Rich Hill, and it feels like that can't be it, right? Yeah. The Mets, we yeah. discussed last, last week as a team that needs to be all-in mode because these windows close quickly and their division like we said the marlins a couple years they're going to be really good yeah 
and at, at least a really good rotation. And you know they they have a lot of promise. And right uh, now they only have a three and a half game lead, so you know anything can happen. The Phillies get hot. The Phillies could get hot. And Travis, I mean, if if they don't go all in now, next week, I mean, sorry, next year, the Braves are gonna have Acuna back and Albies. They're gonna have those guys for you know several years here. So yeah. the Mets really should uh, go all in now. Yeah. And yeah. I do see them making a move for a Bryant type. That yeah. makes sense. And I think also the last two guys, the pitchers. I think honestly, for me, Kimbrough, I think he is gonna go to the Dodgers. I don't know why. I just feel like with the last week with Kenley Jansen, I feel like the GM of the Dodgers might have to answer that to the fans and say, okay, we're going to get another bullpen piece. Um, Could be. If we're not going to get a starter. I honestly do think, though, I think Scherzer honestly might be on his way to San Diego, which is just kind of insane to think about with that rotation. You got Blake Snell, who's doing, you know, not good really this season. But now you have But Darvish. if you have measure fifth guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then, yeah. 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 I, I mean, he's literally a World Series team's top two. And now yeah. you have him as your fifth guy. And then you say, you know, Snell, don't really worry too much. And then you have Scherzer, and you know you have Mike Clevenger coming back next year from Tommy John. You know the, the parties are loaded, so I honestly think that they're about to go all in. They've been that way the past ten months, yeah. and so I think the Padres are literally saying to themselves, "Go in all, all, all in this year. Go in, throw all the chips in. We're still gonna be a, a team to, to fear the next decade because we have Tatis, we have Machado. So sure. I think they're the team to go with. But um, no, that kind of really sums up all the trade deadline. I know, of course, we still have about three days left, so. Um, next episode, we'll probably be covering, you know, what's official and what's not. Right. But we'll, we'll kind of wrap up, I guess, where teams are at. Yeah. When yeah. things are finalized. Yeah. Just just to let the listeners know, yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday night. It'll probably be up in a couple of days here. So the trade deadline might be over. Some of these questions might be answered. Yeah, time, exactly. You guys are listening. Exactly. But um, these hey, are... We, we could end this right now and there could be something happening in the next 10 minutes, you know? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> that could happen again. But uh, yeah, so... Like like you said, next episode we should have a full recap of the finalized uh, deals. But definitely, I think definitely. now is a good time to transition to our next our next spot, Travis, yep. where we wanted to kind of discuss. You know, uh, we see all this Olympic stuff going on, and it's a lot of fun seeing these softball. Softball just had their, uh, I believe, women's finals. I believe women's U.S. got second place. Okay, but like if if the men's team, if all the if all the U.S talent and all all of the talent in general wasn't in the middle of a season what would a u.s baseball team look like uh fully loaded with um all the mlb players uh that were available so we just kind of wanted to walk through what we would like to see from guys that we like guys we think would be the best fits for a team like that so travis why don't you just start us off with just give us your infield and we'll kind of discuss some of the options yeah and uh and again this of course is kind of like yeah like our world baseball classic you know olympic team if they could all play you know i kind of went a weird route i kind of went of course i went with players that of course have been um i think just iconic for the past couple years have been kind of a good name for baseball um and so that's kind of way i went about it i know it could be kind of similar to our similar to our old you know july teams but um of course american born only um, so starting it off with my catcher, um, I actually just kept it at, uh, who's probably my, my all July guy or all MLB is Buster Posey. Right. Uh, Buster Posey, of course, has been kind of an iconic name the past decade has really picked it up. And so I went with him. I actually put a slash mark and I put real Muto just because real Muto, I feel like for the past couple of years has been one of the most dominant catchers in the game. And no, so that his, makes sense. his name is definitely on there. Um, my first baseman, uh, is going to be Freddie Freeman for the USA team. My second baseman is going to be DJ LeMahieu. My third baseman is going to be Nolan Arenado. And then my shortstop, just the guy we were talking about earlier, is going to be Trey Turner. So that is my pretty much all team USA. If I had to make an Olympic team right now, that'd be kind of like my starting infield 
for the team. Um, Alex, I'm curious to hear what you got, you know, kind of yeah. jotted down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like those picks. Um, I guess what I'll say is, I mean, there's there's lots of guys that you didn't mention that I do think would be great for the team. But the guys you mentioned are pretty much like consensus best at their position right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, second base is a really tough one because Lemayhew's had a rough year. So if they decided this roster like before the 2021 season, he would be the obvious pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right now it's almost kind of tough. And I do honestly think this may sound this this may sound silly, Travis, but I'm just gonna float you this idea. And not as a starter, but as a bench player. I really would like to see David Fletcher on this team because I feel like he could just play anywhere and be like a defensive sub kind of guy. Usually, And so it's just kind of funny that, um, you know, when it comes to USA, I feel like you also just see tons of kind of almost misfit kind of guys on the bench sometimes. Like yeah. it's not always going to be just the list of superstars. Um, I think a guy that uh, that makes a lot of sense in my mind because he can play a couple positions uh, as well as having a great bat and probably just a great veteran presence would be like a guy like Max Muncy on the team. Very true. Um, I think he, you know, would be a great addition. He could even honestly play second base. If you put him at second base, he's probably the best second baseman in baseball right now, but he's not a second baseman. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, but he can't play there. He's played there before. So that's another interesting kind of thought. I do think that uh, Arenado is a good choice just being the kind of, like you mentioned, last few years, really relevant player. Um, I think guys like Bregman, also deserve to be there, mm-hmm. but not getting the start does make sense because he's also been on the team before. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I like those picks. Um, I, it's Posey. I think Posey would be the starter there just because of I guess what he's done this season, as well as the veteran presence. I, I'm not too big in the veteran presence. Getting those guys for your MLB team, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I usually just kind of go with the numbers. But for making a, I guess a national team. There kind of has to be a sense of identity. There kind of has to be like this, a household name. Uh, uh, yeah, there yeah. has to be a chemistry amongst these guys, and they have to you know really get along, or else they're not going to win. Because there's all these like one game series where you're just playing one game, yeah. and so you're not going to be able to get on a roll if you kind of stack the deck with talent, but no one knows each other, no one gets along. So I think Posey's a, a good guy that everyone would like. Uh, I, I I like those picks overall. I think we can kind of transition to the outfield mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. continue on. Yeah, so for my outfield, of course, just going, you know, not really specific on left field, right field, center. I basically just have my three outfielders. Um, again, kind of looking at the past couple seasons and also just kind of having like household names. So, of course, for me, I have Judge, Trout, and Mookie Betts for my all team USA outfield. I mean, Trout is probably the easiest thing you could ever ask, you know, yeah. Trout. Uh, Mookie Betts, you know, kind of being that guy right behind Trout. So I really like that as well. And then Judge, of course, with kind of being the New York Yankee, the, you know, as you would say, America's team kind of thing, the Yankees. I feel like you need to have a Yankee on the team. So and he has I think, a talent for And he has a talent, of course, too. Um, and then also to point out my DH, I just feel like this guy is kind of like an all-American, just like classic. And I feel like you have to include him. Um, but I had Bryce Harper. I, oh, I just I like feel like it. Bryce Harper because I, I like, like that lefty bat. You know, I was flirting with a little bit with, with Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like the numbers the past couple of years have just been kind of like, God, he's just so overrated. He'll probably get hurt during the tournament. Exactly, so. exactly. I like Bryce Harper. I think he's definitely kind of like that guy. I mean, honestly, it's funny watching him when he did the home run derby, you know, using the American flag bat, the American flag headband. I feel like this guy is just kind of like the all-American guy. Yeah. So Plays for Philly. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... Uh, Judge, Trout, Betts, and then Harper DHing, um, respectfully, because, of course, those three guys, Judge, Trout, and Betts, their defense is 
unquestionably, no, you know, no, elite. Ju- so Judge, Trout, and Betts feels like it has to be the consensus outfield. Yeah. It's really funny because I think of those three, you'd say the best defenders being Betts and, and, and Judge. Judge. Yeah. But it's funny that they both are not center fielders, but Trout is. And usually your best defender you think you put in center. So I really wonder how they would arrange that. I think they would probably have to go Betts and right. I think they'd give the nod to Betts being the best outfield defender in baseball probably. Yeah. And then Trout center and then Judge and left, which kind of feels weird being Judge and left. But yeah, I do think that's the consensus three best American outfielders in baseball. Um, I was actually questioning something and I looked it up real quick. And, and I guess technically Freeman was born in Canada. Which is kind of interesting. I think since he's been an American, he would also qualify. You know what? I, I think, think you're I, right, I, too. I think yeah. it's his choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just, just, for, just, just to kind of uh, throw a curveball yeah. on the spot. If Freeman says, sorry, uh, Travis Miller is the GM of this team, but sorry, GM. Uh, I'm going to play for Canada. I'm going to go play for Canada. I'm going to wear the maple flag uh, this year for the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, who is getting the call to be your first baseman? Yeah, I think it's a good debate between Max Muncy and honestly a guy that I've been very high on the past couple years, but also uh, Matty O of I was the gonna Oakland say, A's. I yeah. really like Matt Olson. I kind of want to screw him over. Olson's name is not yet, of course, the big name for first baseman. Um, he's had all, He's been consistent. He's been a great first baseman. For the past couple no, seasons, no, he, probably 2019. Yeah, he will bring the pop and the glove. I do think that's a great pick. He needs to be there, if not the starter. I think maybe Muncy has the more of the pedigree and yeah. probably a slightly better number, so that would make sense there. But Olsen should be in the team. There's a couple other guys I think deserve to be uh, mentioned as potential utility guys. I already mentioned uh, Fletcher, but I think Cronenworth is a guy who yeah, I believe yeah. he's American yeah. as far as I yeah, know. No, yeah, I think so too. But yeah. um, I think just the way he plays all these positions, he could honestly be... Because I think on these kind of games, um, you know, there's going to be lots of position switching. You see it in the World Series in these big games where it's like a one-game type deal and you're going to be doing lots of pinch hits, lots of defensive substitutions. Um, things get really mixed up and then you want guys on the bench that are going to have a good bat and can play anywhere solidly. So Cornworth can probably play, honestly, like seven positions. I think he could probably play first, second, short, third if needed. I would even suit and him up with the backstop and the put him at, put yeah. him at catcher. Too. Why not? Yeah, you're right. No, yeah, Cronenworth is the super utility guy. I think he is the best super utility guy in the majors right now. Again, really like him as well. And he, Everything he, he does he, is, is is great. Yeah, he could be a good pinch hit for anyone you listed on your team, like a guy like Trey Turner, a guy like Nato, a righty bat. Maybe you want to put the lefty in, you put in Cronenworth. It could be, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me at least. Um, but now with some pitchers, right, Travis, we got to get through them. Yeah, and pitchers, again, I kind of, of course, went with household names and also just kind of guys that have been good for, you know, pretty uh, pretty, pretty yeah. significant, you know, yeah. time. There are going to be some consensus yeah. guys yeah. here. So, of course, the top two, it's DeGrom Cole. I, yeah. I, I put that down. Um, the next two, Scherzer, Kershaw, mm-hmm. you know, just great names. Kershaw's still, of course, pitching yeah. in, in the, probably the top the top 10 to 20% of all pitchers in baseball with what he's doing. And, of course, he's not even that old, but I feel like everyone thinks he's just an old guy. Yeah. Um, and then the last guy kind of went a little bit differently, but um, I actually threw in... Um, there's still, first off, there's two guys, there's two guys, of course, I want to, of course, include, but with injuries, you know, Chris Sale and Verlander, it seemed like they should definitely be on this list, but with injuries, of course, I didn't really want to include them. Sure. The last guy I had Shane Bieber. Okay. So Shane Bieber, of course, really like ever since 2019, even with the whole all-star game MVP in 2019, he's just kind of been a rock star 2020. Of course, I know it's a shortened season, but oh my God, I mean, those numbers are just 
flat out ridiculous. Yeah. And so Shane Bieber to me just he just has that I don't know that that Team USA look. I also think as well. So no, I, no, that does make sense. I added him as my starting uh, starting uh, the fifth guy for my starting five. Um, of course, if those five guys were pitching, I mean that would be I would love to see other nations and other countries try to you know beat that. So sure, yeah, I, I think yeah, those are all good names. The thing is, you could probably have a list of like 10, 15 guys, could. and they would all fit. I, my, one of my first thoughts for who would I want on my team was honestly Walker Bueller because we see him in the World Series or any you know an NLCS game or whatever true, it may yeah. be. He the never cracks under that pressure. Never. He really rises up to it every time. So I almost feel like if you had to pick any pitcher to start the gold medal game, right, in the Olympics, let's say, the gold medal game, you need someone to start. I feel like you might honestly go with the young guy, the Bueller. Yeah. He's never been on that wait, stage. Wait, wait, wait. Not, not Kershaw? I mean, <laughs> Kershaw, Travis, as... Last as, year was good, but as, as before 2020, as, yeah. As, as Angel fans, we always love to give him a hard time for... Uh, his 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 cracks in uh in big moments but i do think that even dodger fans will tell you they love seeing bueller in that big moment they know he's the big game pitcher um and so i will i I would i would have to consider him to be at least on that team somewhere um other guys that also feel like they should be there is a guy like scherzer he just started he's american am i am i wrong in that yeah no yeah yeah. and so it's kind of funny you had to really realize okay well really who's american because there are a lot of guys that you think they're like no, they're not, you know. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, I mean, as far as I'm aware, I mean, he just started the National League side of the All-Star game yeah. and has just been a dominant guy for yeah. a decade Yeah, and feels like he's not slowing down at all. So he's almost in the Kershaw category where the pedigree, the rep- the I guess the uh, reputation that they have, as well as the stats, all kind of point to the fact this guy should be there somewhere. And then, Travis, I mean, you look at some of these guys like Woodruff and uh, Burns and Gosman, like there's so many of these, like, up and comers, they don't have the pedigree, but they could do so much work against, uh, you know, some uh, international opponents. Um, no, definitely. I think we agree that definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, and then, you know, moving down to the, you know, who's going to close this baby out? Um, I kind of went. I, I gave three names, and I went, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, kind of my, you know, three guys I want to kind of end the game on. Um, two guys definitely, I think, we'll agree on. One guy actually was kind of just a curveball, but. Um, for my ninth inning guy, he's been there so many times for the World Baseball Classic. I got to go Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. So ninth inning guy, especially with the year he's having right now, Craig Kimbrell is my ninth inning guy. Eighth inning guy, I think he's actually almost, I like him better in the eighth inning than the ninth inning, but it's uh, it's uh, Josh Hader. So yeah. Hader, of course, in the eighth inning. And then seventh inning was kind of a surprise, but I wanted to go with a guy that was kind of sneaky, but um, I went with uh, Karnacek with the Indians. I don't know right. why. I just think that these three guys are kind of... Um, Unique. I don't know. No, it makes sense. Karen Chak has so much talent. He's gonna be a top reliever for a long, long time here. I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't. I, mean, I have nothing to say about but good things about those. those <laughs> yeah, those yeah. three guys. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was, you know, I was watching something earlier on MLB Network this week, and they're talking about arm angles. And actually, Karen Chak has one of the highest release points in arm angles. So can you imagine okay. doing a righty? who's throwing kind of over the top and then you have Hader who's throwing a lefty sidearm and then yeah. you have Kimbrell who gets really low and it's almost like a righty sidearm. It's three different arm angles and I feel like any lineup would just be like befuddled with that. No, it, 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 good, another good point. Um, yeah, I, I know, yeah, Karen Track, honestly, the talent and his curveball, I don't know if you even call it a curveball, but it just, it's, it's a really insane pitch all like you could look at the spin rate of it and all the kind of i guess advanced metrics about his his uh some of his breaking pitches 
it's really it's really something else. I really, I would love to see some reactions of some international players, kind of see what he does in like a seventh inning role. But yeah, I like all those picks. I mean, you know, you can continue throwing out other names, but I, I mean, I I got no problems there at all. So, um, I guess I guess that kind of wraps up the USA team. Maybe I mean, there's other guys that obviously have arguments, and and you know that's just kind of the, the nature of it. But. No, there definitely. Is. I was even thinking one guy too, Pete Alonso. I mean, even being a utility guy, I feel like that guy, especially with the last two home run derbies, um, and then of course you know playing for the Mets, he was a guy that was kind of like, man, he could be the DH, or you know, he can be a utility guy, DH or um, first base. Of course, he's kind of limited. But and, um, and, I was thinking, you know, there, yeah. there, there's so many different guys. That, right. Of course, and we could be talking about. We keep talking about the utility names. A guy that keeps coming to my mind is also like a Chris Bryant. Like that's true. These these kind of guys, he's almost like a Cronenworth, where you can put him anywhere, and he will have his great bat, and he is solid defensively. Um, these are just all guys that we would be so much fun to see on, on a huge stage playing together. Uh, it's just superstar central, and I feel like they'd play great together. So yeah, it, it's cool that we kind of fantasize about that, and maybe at the next World Baseball Classic we can see a special team, but. Unfortunately, the Olympics, we're not getting to see these guys quite, I know, quite I know, yet. I know, But hopefully, yeah, like you said, the next World Baseball Classic, we get to see these things. But, um, you know, moving on to something else, of course, every week or, you know, every two weeks or so, we like to, of course, make kind of our, you know, top 10 power rankings and discuss them. Me and Alex always have, of course, different, you know, thinking and, and we, we, we basically judge different teams in different ways and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I kind of was, you know, I kind of saw the last power rankings, Alex, and I was a little bit... I wouldn't say confused, but I just kind of was a little bit, you know, I don't know how to say it, but, you know, I, I just didn't really think that it was kind of a appropriate or, you know, the right order for these top 10, you know, power rankings when we talk about them right now. Of course, every week, I feel like MLB always has a weird list. And I feel like for the past, yeah. since since week one, we've been saying, what? Who made this list? Right. I remember week one, the Angels were red hot and they weren't even on the list. And I was like, okay, what... What East Coast and guy did, just were, made there were, this list? There were losing teams. I believe the Twins were like yeah. three and five, yeah. and they made the first power yes. rankings. Yes, you're right. And, they, and I think even the Yankees were on there, and they were like they, they were like ten and fifteen. And I was like, what is what is going on? Like, yeah. what, what, okay, you, define this, the power of the power. Rankings. Is it not for 2021? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what we we're talking about. But I kind of wanted, of course, go over kind of the top ten and just see what you thought. Anything that you thought was kind of poor or, or judged in a bad way. But I'll start, of course, with the uh, top one through five. Um, so San Francisco Giants were starting off at number one, and then the Houston Astros at number two, the Dodgers at number three, Rays at four, and then White Sox at five. Um, and then moving down to the top, pretty much the bottom half, Red Sox at six, Padres seven, Brewers eight, Mets nine, A's 10. Um, I guess we'll start with the first half, the top one through five. Did you have, do you, of those five teams, any problems with that? Yeah. You know, you see. Yeah, I would definitely do it differently. Um, I just feel like the Astros are the best team in mm-hmm. baseball. Uh, I think that was the way I had it last time we did our own power rankings. Um, the Astros, I, it feels like there's no weakness. Their bats are so good. Whenever someone's slumping, someone else picks it up. I think they obviously they could be anyone in the series. I think that they should be the American League favorite and probably the MLB favorite right now. Um, but the Giants at the same time have earned it with their play. So I can't say that they... They should never be number one. I just feel like the Astros are more of a World Series favorite than the Giants are. Therefore, in my mind, that's really what I consider is like who is the best team, who's the most likely to be on the top of the mountain. I would give the Astros a better chance at that than the Giants. So I will go Astros one, probably Giants two or three. Uh-huh. I do think the Padres are a bit low on their list. Mm-hmm. I think Padres are a top five team. Uh, their record might not show it, which you know maybe that's maybe that's biased of me. 
having them, I guess, higher than teams with some better records. But I personally think that they're a better team than the White Sox. That'd be a very fun series. So yeah. I really can't say either way. Um, but I do think that the Padres are a bit low there. Uh, I don't think the Dodge. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, the Dodgers also deserve to be a top five team. Uh, so it does get tricky there. I do think the Brewers are also a bit low. Um, mm-hmm. I would probably have them mm-hmm. in the six or seven spot. I believe they were eight in that list. They were, yeah, there's the number eight. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so I think I'd have Brewers higher. I think the Mets and the A's are probably like in the right spot. Yeah, I was um, going to say the best those, we can agree on, I think, is the Mets and the A's are definitely the bottom of the top ten, if yeah. not, if there's another team to be on there. But um, I think for this one, I, I was a little disappointed on the on kind of the bias, I think, of the Dodgers. I mean, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just trying to be total, you know, analyze all this stuff but you know going these were of course published on monday and you look at kind of the last week previous before monday the dodgers of course lost three of four to the giants yeah i mean they definitely were in control of two of the games it felt like the first game went the went the went the giants way they won that one fair and square the second game the giants blew it the dodgers hit a walk-off will smith hit the walk-off to win that game then the next two nights, Kenley Jansen, two back-to-back blown saves. Right. And the Giants kind of have these insane freak ninth-inning rallies. So I do understand that. But then also going into the Rocky series, they actually lost the Rockies Friday night after getting um, basically two disappointing losses to the Giants. They lose to the Rockies in extras. And then also um, they win Saturday, they win Sunday. But I think Saturday was a one nothing win. And then Sunday was kind of just a... They came back on the Rockies, and so I was kind of like, man, like you know, the Dodgers just aren't playing well against their division. Having them number three, I thought that was a little bit, you know, a little bit kind of just weird when I look at kind of the White Sox and the weekend they put together against the Brewers, right? And, you know, Lance Lynn competing against Woodford in that Sunday night baseball game. I thought that the White Sox definitely deserve to be possibly a top three team right now. Um, I know the record, of course, is you know, one of the top ones. And of course their division is just not very good at all. They're pretty, they're pretty much the most locked division winner probably in baseball right now with a nine and a half game lead on Indians. And I don't see Indians at all, you know, right. Making traction with that. We division. Agree there. But yeah, it was kind of an interesting one. And then also with the Red Sox, the Red Sox came and really had a really fun and interesting series against the Yankees. Wait, can, can you repeat real quick? Where were the Rays and the Red Sox? So the Rays, yeah, the Rays were at number four, and the Red Sox were at number six. That's pretty odd. Yeah. So I, and you know, the Red Sox, of course, are still having a two-game lead over the Rays. So I thought that was kind of odd as well. And then with the Red Sox, you know, with the Yankees series, they played great, and so I thought this is kind of odd to have them in this order. Um, I, mean, I Chichas, I mean, so yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff there. Uh, the Dodgers. It really comes down to, are we rating them on how good we think they are when they're right, or how good are they right now? And it really comes down to, okay, is Bellinger going to be like a one ninety hitter for the rest for the rest of the season in the playoffs? If that's the case, then they should be a bit lower. If Betts and Muncie are going to be missing time, then yeah, they should definitely be lower because. Yeah, I believe in that Rocky series. If you look at their batting order, Travis, it looked like something that Dodger fans are not very used to. They're used to seeing a few all-stars at the top of their order. And I think they just had like, I think they had Pujols batting cleanup and Taylor in the three spot. It was kind of an odd odd situation for them. And they were facing a lot of guys in either the IL or just on uh, just sitting out some games. So um, when the Dodgers, if they, you know, are right and if they just are healthy and 
you know, they don't even have to be all red hot, but if they're just kind of healthy and just doing their basic thing come October, I have no doubt that they should be, you know, in the, in a, in a championship series. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a good point you bring up that they did struggle with divisional opponents and that is kind of an indicator of, you know, maybe there's, um, maybe they're not quite the team they've been the last couple of years. I do think injuries do play a huge part in that though. Um, yeah. As well as, of course, yeah. the whole Bauer thing. They literally paid so much money for an uh, ace type guy. And of course, they're not going to be getting him anytime soon. So uh, w- uh, factoring this stuff in, they had to call up guys like Price to be starters, had some bullpen games recently. So, uh, and that's th- a good point, you know, and, talking and, about the and, roster. And Travis, they could easily still win the division. Despite, no, no, despite, I know. despite easily. all these hiccups, easily. they could easily win the division. Easily, so, easily. You know, and, so, and, and that's a good point, too. I think it should be top five. All, I think you're right. I think, honestly, number five would be appropriate, honestly, just because with the way that they've been playing against the division, at least, um, I think the Giants was just kind of a laughing stock way to end. Of course, one of those games had a controversial ending with the whole check swing. That, of course, is unfortunate. Yeah, but, whole another can of worms. But exactly. And I think also with the, uh, you know, with, like you said, the roster, if, you know, your best players aren't in, you should not be in considered the power rankings because, you know, Angels right now don't have Rendon. They don't have Walsh. They don't have Trout. So I would not, even if they were a good team, and if, I mean, if they were, of course, you know, in the Oakland A spot, they could be considered maybe at number 10. But with, with, with the team they have right now, uh, I mean, the power rankings, the power guys, I don't really think they'd be, a, uh, you know, a power top 10 team. It's also interesting with the whole power rankings, you know, what makes it a power top 10 you know yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of insane when you kind of because you can ask so many guys you know what what's your thought process going into this you know yeah every single person is going to have a different i guess yeah like you said a different thought process like from my mind the rays should not be top five mm-hmm. they're not in the top of their division and every year they kind of prove us wrong and show that they're a little bit better than they look on paper but i still feel like i would take the white Sox over the rays i still feel yeah. like mm-hmm. uh you know the rays are you know, super skilled, but you know, they just, they're going to, they just lost Rich Hill, of course. And without glass now, I just don't think that they are going to, you know, go on the same kind of run that they did last year. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but um, yeah, I, I think four is a bit high for them to be above the Red yeah. Sox, above the White yeah. Sox. Seems like a bit much above the Padres. I don't see the Padres being worse than the, than, than the Rays. No, no, no. So no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think, yeah, we agree that that's definitely funky. And I, I feel like Travis, every time one of these lists come out, we'll send it to each other in Twitter DMs and we'll just kind of laugh at the MLB for a bit and say, you know, who put this together? But yeah, no, exactly. That's how and, it goes. And it's a good point to bring it like that. I, of course, we could always make our own and I think we, we will, but I mean, I, I like I like to just talk about what MLB has to offer, but um, yeah, just kind of a funky list. But we'll move on. We'll move on to our last uh, kind of segment of the sh- you know the podcast, and you know talk about pretty much our all MLB team through July now because we're pretty much done with the month of July. Not too much, I think, impactful things will happen in the next you know two to three days that are going to you know transpire in a different. I don't know, you dude. Know. Someone. Oh no, I thought you were going to say for the rest of the season. I said there might be someone returning in the outfield. Oh, no, I know, but who knows? <laughs> no, yeah, but exactly. But for the month, at least for July, it's pretty much closed up. The books are closed. Sure. Um, teams are heading into the pretty much their last year, you know, weekend series, you know, tomorrow or Friday. Um, but just you know, of course, we'll go over our you know top all MLB team right now, you know, and like I said in the beginning, I think ours will be pretty similar. I think ours won't have too many changes. So as you know, the months go by, I think these, these 
teams in these lists get actually a lot the, more easier to the, make. These debates become more like agreement sessions. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But exactly. we'll see. We'll see. No, exactly. And, I, and, and there are maybe a couple changes in there, but um, but I'm yeah. sure we'll have a, feel, a couple of things different. Definitely, I, I'm sure, sure. Definitely, definitely. But let's start let's off with in. um, let's starting off with the starting catcher. Um, I'll go with you, of course. Uh, who do you have for all MLB right now? Okay, so I put down the guy that I ended up sticking with, but there. Something that happened today and some numbers I looked up made me really question it. But really? It, it is it is Buster Posey. I think it has to be Buster Posey. Yep. He his bat out of nowhere is just something crazy. His bat right now, I believe he has a one sixty WRC plus as of before today's game. So um, that could change a bit. But um, Buster Posey is batting like an MVP guy, but he's playing catcher for the team with the best record in the National League. So I mean, obviously he's doing wonders, helping his starting pitching be one of the best staffs in, in, in baseball right now you know Gausman and Disclafani are just being you know ace type guys and uh you know Posey is you know the spiritual captain of that team there's so much good he does and the bat is crazy good so it had to be Posey I will just say that the guy that made me second guess I almost went crazy Travis for a second there I think I know you're gonna say for a second there I wanted to do it but Max Stassi, so <laughs> yeah. so Buster Posey right now has uh, 160 WRC plus. Yeah. And Max Stassi, as of after he hit his home run today during the Angel game, he was at 159. So I'm sure he had a, a bat after that. I'm not sure what happened. Um, but they're pretty much an equal bat right now. Um, I believe Posey's uh, OPS is slightly higher, but that could just be a ballpark thing that WRC plus might account for. But that's neither here nor there. The bats are more or less a wash. And then... The defense, Travis, Stassi, I, I will never stop talking about it. Watching him catch our good watching him catch our pitchers versus watching Kurt Suzuki catch our pitchers, it just is such a night and day difference. He just gets the calls at the corners that we need all the time. It's such a luxury. And Posey is a good defender in his own right. But I think Stassi is is near the top of the league in terms of framing and just general you know, maybe Posey's better. Maybe he's a better game caller. It's hard, and because it does show in how good the Giants staff has been. But um, for my money, I'm just such a huge Stassi guy. And he's had a special year, and not enough people are talking about him. I see people make catcher tier list, Travis, and he'll be like listed in the average category. I'm like, you are not watching him. It's outrageous. You are not watching him. He is literally. I mean, he would have been the American League catcher in the All Star game had he played the games. The problem is. He did miss a lot of time on injury. Yeah. And I believe his war is, it is below Posey's, but I believe his war is higher, like per plate appearance. Like mm-hmm. per mm-hmm. per game played, Stassi is 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 up there with, with the best. So, yeah, no, no, um, no, exactly. That's where I'm at. It had to be Posey, but after Stassi Homer, I looked up his numbers, like an updated list, and his numbers are looking very nice. So yeah. that's yeah. what, yeah. I think his average is up to like a 309 or something. Yeah, no, and no, he, and no. He brings the, and he brings the pop, so. And are you talking about Stassi 309? Stassi, yeah. I yeah, yeah, so. yeah, no, but exactly. But Posey's even higher, yeah, so. Yeah. Right but, now, the latest I'm seeing is 305. And, you know, honestly, anytime you have a catcher that honestly has an OPS above 900, I think that's honestly, like, out of this world. I mean, as a catcher, you're kind of not expected to be an on-base machine. You're more of expected probably for the slugging a little bit, but every catcher is kind of different. Of course, Posey being kind of that, you know, just... His on base is almost what sold me. What's it at, Travis? Yeah, uh, four eighteen right, right now. So That's right crazy. now, and right now, Posey is having the best on base season in his career. So and, and and it's a pretty good career for Buster Posey. It's Hall of Fame probably worthy. Yeah, it's nutty. Um, and so also looking at the uh, slugging, he is almost at his career high a five forty four 
Um, and he had a 549 in 2012. That was his MVP season. So um, I don't yeah. think I don't think you said it discreetly, but I'm going to confirm. You do have Posey as your catcher. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm of course just giving a nod to Max Stassi as well. Um, but yeah, Posey, of course. Got to be agree. 327 batting average, 418 on base, a 962 OPS. He actually has the highest OPS of his entire career right now. Not OPS plus, but OPS. Uh, I mean, he is putting together a season that, you know, is a very impressive rebound kind of, it's, you know. It's it's the kind of season he really needed to give some of the old-timer Hall of Fame voters, the guys who really want to see a long career rather than a short prime. Definitely, definitely. They're going to want to see – he already has the championships and he has the MVP, but they're going to want to see some longevity. They want him to be great for at least a decade. And he's having a kind of year that kind of – is going to change in people's minds. And if he can do not, I don't think he's going to do this again. I don't think he's going to have this year two more times, but no. if he just has, if he just kind of is another above average player for two, three more years, it's going to change a lot of people's mind about, about, I guess his career on the whole. So yeah, yeah. Lo- love that he's having this year. So happy for him, but yeah. um, yeah, he has to be the guy right now for no, catcher. No, no, most definitely. Most definitely. So, um, you know, we'll move to first base. Another and, short discussion. You know what? I'm actually going to skip this because <laughs> it's it's a Toronto Blue Jay named Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Alex. He's having the most unreal year. Yeah. Uh, you know, his well, one thing I will say is his war is kind of slipping. For a while, it was him and Otani at the top of that leaderboard for yes. for base reference war. He has slipped off a bit, but if you look at his batting, the job of a first baseman is more the job of the, of the first baseman is more or less to hit the ball hard. Yeah. You know, and he, you are the, you are the three or four hitter. You're the power bat. You are one of the best and his, offensive hitters. His on the team. average, his on base, his slugging, the OPS plus, all of it is super impressive. Uh, he's in the home run race. Um, we'll see how that ends up, but he's probably gonna end up being in the top five in home runs. Uh, he's just doing it all. And the Blue Jays, he's such a he's a, such an essential piece of what they're doing in their kind of wild card attempt here. Um, He's the, he's the runner-up in the American League MVP probably right now. So it's it's obviously him. Yeah, I think yeah. We'll and I'll on. ask you a question um, later on as we go through kind of the awards and all that stuff. But yeah, um, but yeah so Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the guy. Second base. Um, for me, I actually stuck around with Marcus Simeon. He's still the guy that's still putting up great numbers. There are guys that, of course, that are kind of just on the verge or on, on him, you know. And I would say Adam Frazier is one of those guys. I think Altuve is another guy that's having a really good season. Um, but Semyon, of course, to me, just has all the numbers I think that are working for him. So he stayed on my list for um, the pretty much the all second baseman right now. Um, sure. What are you What are you looking at? Yeah. So I also went with Simeon. Um Last month, I believe I had Cronenworth, and I did like that pick a lot. Yeah. Simeon has just creeped on top of him a little bit. I think he already was ahead of him in WAR, but I think the batting is now definitely in favor of Semyon in terms yeah. of like OPS almost a five WAR. Instead yeah. in terms of OPS plus and the WAR. Simeon is having just another a great season. He deserves to be the second baseman. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you know, I still had to check on Cronenworth's numbers. I had to check on Altuve's numbers because there are other guys at second base who are having very good years. But there's just no denying that it is uh, Simeon's uh, it's it's Simeon's position yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. And now moving to the uh, left side of the infield, and I don't think we'll have too much of a disagreement here. Um, Probably st- not. Starting with third base. Let's see what you got to offer. Uh, there's a guy who is just, uh, he's just proving me wrong. I, I, wouldn't say, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say he's proving me wrong, but. Um, we, we can just say that, shout out to our buddy Mikey, yeah. that, you know, he's been, he's been 
hyping this guy since 2019. I, I think you know? 2019, uh, our buddy Mikey was telling me that Devers was already better than Bregman and already better than all the Rendon. I'm like, this guy's crazy. Like, there's just no... I mean, Devers had a good contact year. He had, like, I think 200 hits or something. But Well, he's an extra base hit machine. That's, what I'll, that's one thing I'll say. Right, but he was by no means an MVP kind of guy. That's changed. He is now in that top level of players. Um, he's definitely the third baseman right now for me. Uh, he's such an important piece of the Red Sox uh, batting order. Being that lefty that you can kind of surround with Bogarts and Martinez is just super key for, I guess, what they're doing. And uh, their record shows um, I guess he's a big part of it. I think he, he will probably lead that team in MVP voting, which is yeah. going to be a big deal if they end up being you know the best record in their division. So Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he kind of reminds me of a little bit of a Colorado Rockies Arenado because, you know, the on-base is not crazy impressive this season. He has a three... Uh, a 354 on base not not greatly impressive I right. mean not not 400 it's solid, solid it's solid and then of course the slugging is you know higher than uh, 580 so right. he has kind of that 930 he has a 935 OPS but of course hanging around that 950 OPS kind of like an Arenado you know I feel like Arenado of course wasn't always the on base guy but the slugging was always there and also the home runs were always there and the RBIs Right now, Devers has 27 homers and is leading baseball in RBI. So he's kind of having that Nolan Arenado Rockies kind of year this year. Of course, Arenado is the defensive, you know, yeah, guru and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I had Devers too. There's really not really any question about it. I mean, with Bregman kind of being hurt and going through, you know, rehab assignments and then also Rendon being hurt and then also Arenado, of course, kind of. You know, I wouldn't say taking a step back, but Arenado, just course, adjusting, I guess, just adjusting your right to, you know, playing in St. Louis after playing in Colorado all those years, you know, Devers has really stepped up and he will yeah. be a guy that, you know, for the next couple of seasons, he'll be a guy that's going to be, you know, Rafael Devers is, is a top first or third baseman. So sure. I, one guy I will point to as well, like, you know, we talk about this all the time. There are so many talented third basemen that deserve to be, you know, in, I guess, that top kind of consideration. But like guys early, earlier in the year, Brian and uh, and Justin Turner were the two guys that we had yeah. first month, the first two months as our, you know, picks for third base. And they both kind of slipped a bit. A guy that has been kind of steady that I am always impressed with is Manny Machado. Yeah. His baseball reference war really loves him. I think it's because he plays a great third base defensively. Yeah. And his bat is, is super great. He mashes against lefties. He he just hits well in general. Um, his, his offensive numbers are not that of Devers right now. They're not on that level. But I do think his war, and when it's all said and done, he may just be like the second or third best uh, in baseball. Kind of sneaky, almost like no one really is talking about it. But I think he's, he's overall like... I think, you know, he was an all-star only because of, like, uh, a substitution because of someone else couldn't come, so they put in Machado, and he really should have been, like, in consideration to be the starter. You know, I, I, you know you're right about that, and I don't want to go too much, too deeply into that, but, of course, you know, Arenado returning home to Colorado, it seemed fitting, but, yeah, I know he was definitely a snub where it was, like, Machado is one of the best third basemen in the game, and, you know, defense shows it, and then all fe- offense as well. Uh, he's a great offensive presence to play. Plays in a in a highly favored pitcher ballpark, so that's why the offense will will you know die a little bit. But still, um, still a great impactful player right now. But um, moving to shortstop, Alex, um, there's there's Short- really only one guy. I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. If for a while there, Travis, we had guys that we were talking about like Correa, guys like Bogarts, Trey too. Turner, Bogarts were on our lists. Um, it's a really fun position, and it's going to be a fun free agency class this offseason. But right now, 
the at best, least this guy won't be a free agent because he's locked up. He for is locked in for a decade and with a the half, Padres. probably. <laughs> yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. is easily the best shortstop right now. Um, despite his defensive woes, his war, his base reference WAR, I still believe is number one amongst position players. It's actually higher than everyone besides Otani because Otani is obviously the two way player. So just position players, he's number one. Tatis, I think he's above five right now, which is just super impressive. He's also missed some time earlier in the year, and he, like we said, right. he's had his defensive troubles as well, which probably brings his war down a bit. Uh, so it's still, but it's still number one. So he just does so much uh, for the Padres. He's just like the the heart and soul, and the the, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, you know, the average, the on base, the slugging, and the war. It's all just amazing stuff. So uh, he, without a doubt, deserves the spot. And there's not much more to be said. He definitely, of course, is my pick. Um, one guy that, of course, I want to highlight. Having a great season, I I really like this player. But that's Trey Turner. Um, he of course you know isn't at the level of Tatis. Tatis seems like he has almost every tool in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is just unbelievable. Whenever you're a shortstop and you have a slugging percentage above six fifty, I just feel like that's just like out of this world. I mean, he doesn't even have a four hundred on base, but his OPS is still higher than a thousand. You know, and so right, yeah, it's almost like if Tatis had a bit better of a glove and a bit better arm accuracy, he'd probably be like the most complete player we've seen oh, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's really yeah, crazy. Yeah, but. yeah, so uh, I mean, the ceiling for him is is so high. Already thirty one home runs right now in the you know in the twenty twenty one season leads all of NL in home runs, and it looks like he probably will do that unless there's another guy who might have crept onto my list later on that could possibly maybe catch this guy. But um, yeah, Tatis, Interesting. Tatis is the guy. He is right now the favorite for the MVP of the NL probably. And so, um, yeah. And so we'll move kind of the outfield, uh, Alex. And uh, I'll let you start off. I know I always go through outfield first, so I'm going to let you go through the outfield um, right now. Like, there, a- there's been some changes because oh, yeah. of injuries have set into effect. Acuna... I think he was on mine every single month. Of course, now with being out for us this season, things need to be changed. So your three outfielders right now for all MLB. Right, yeah. So there's there's so much talent in the outfield, in the outfield every year. But this year, it's been it's just been kind of weird. There's been so many injuries. There Trout, have been, yeah. Trout injury, Buxton injury, Acuna injury. All these guys who had such great starts. And even Betts not even being performing to his highest. And Bellinger. Like so you're right, many, you're right. Yeah. And Yelich. The you're list, right. the yeah, list the goes, list goes on. on. There are the so many legends. On. Yeah, so many so many of the best players of this generation in the outfield have just not had the, the season for them. Injuries or, or slumps, whatever it may be. So my list is kind of a ragtag squad. It's not really what I thought it would be at this point in the season. But it's just where we're at. So I'll just, I'll just say the three names I put down. I'm actually going with, first of all, Juan Soto. Okay. Juan Soto has had a crazy month, and his OPS, I think, oh, sorry, his OPS plus, I believe, is above 160 now, which, you know, just about a month ago, Travis, he was, like, obviously an all-star kind of guy, but he was by no means in the MVP talks at yeah. all. Everyone was saying, what's up with Soto? Deep down, I think all of us knew that we were going to see the the guy we knew from 2020 and 2019. I knew, we knew we'd see him back at some point. Exactly. And he's showing his face this July. So he has climbed onto my list. Another guy that has to be on my list is Mullins, uh, Cedric Mullins on the uh, Baltimore Orioles. He's just having you know an absolute breakout performance, a career year. Um, he is by far the best player on the Orioles. You know, not a super you know special team this year, but yeah. what he's doing is certainly special. His bat is awesome, uh, and I believe his war speaks for itself. I believe he's tops of the outfield in war. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
no way, no way I could snub him. And then my last pick actually was going through a few different guys, and I actually settled on Brian Reynolds, which is kind of an interesting, wow, okay. kind of an interesting pick. Um, you know, I was hard for me to sell myself on anyone really because I I could have stuck with someone who's had you know missed some games on injury, like like maybe like a judge type. There's a lot of different ways I could have looked at it, but uh, you know, uh, Brian Reynolds has been a consistent presence for the Pirates. Um, he's in some trade talk, which I'm not sure why they'd want to deal him because, you know, you'd think you'd want him to be a part of your future. He's one of the good things you got going for you and you just dealt Frazier. But, um, I just guess I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm really pleased with what he's done so far for, for this season. And, uh, I guess I'll let you give your three and we can kind of compare, uh, Reynolds to whoever you got. Yeah. So pretty much everything's the same except for one. Um, yeah. Juan Soto has made the list. He is kind of, you know, rebounding into that player that we've always seen him as, um, you know, a 420 on base kind of, I feel like we have really kind of forgotten about this guy, but you look at his numbers, it's still great. I mean, he doesn't have the slugging. I think that he wants a 510 slugging, um, for his standards is probably nowhere where he wants to be. Right. He wants to be, of course, in the 600s. Yeah. He's, he started the year slow in terms of slugging, but yeah. he has picked it up. We he know that in July he's hitting yeah. the bombs. And so, um, you know, also 18 home runs, you know, the guys like Winker have kind of slowed down. Um, some other guys too, of course, with injuries, a lot of guys, but, um, you know, Juan Soto is definitely, you know, getting back into the conversation. So Juan Soto is for me. Um, also Mullins, Cedric Mullins on the uh, Orioles, of course, having kind of just a kind of a weird year. I mean, he started out insanely hot and then he kind of slowed down, but then he kind of started to get back into the groove. And, you know, he's been, he's been a hot guy ever since. So uh, Cedric Mullins, of course, is uh, definitely probably a top, you know, all MLB outfitter, especially with his war, as war speaks for himself. And then also, lastly, I have, um, I just, I kept with Nicholas Castellanos. He's been on my list for actually, I think, for like three months now. Yeah. You know, continuously still is the uh, batting average leader in all MLB right now, having a 329 batting average. Um, and I think also has the highest OPS out of any outfielder in the game right now as well. So uh, 965 OPS. And then also, of course, I think, like I said, you know, just kind of an extra base hits machine, 29 doubles and 18 homers. Um, Castellanos is definitely doing the job right now for, uh, Cincinnati. And so I had to include him. Yeah. So and he, go on. I was gonna say, you know, and, and Reynolds was definitely my guy where I was definitely debating with that. And also Cedric Mullins are kind of the same player. They're center fielders. They both are great athletes. Um, they're really breaking out, right? They now. really are breaking out. And it's funny because they both play on just garbage teams. So yeah. <laughs> I feel kind of bad, but at least we can include them on our team and make the fans feel a little bit it, considered exactly but i'm glad you brought up brian Reynolds because he was a guy i was giving a lot of thought to because he actually is 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 um you know i think he'll be the one guy that you'll say in like 10 years you know name the the starting roster for the nl you know the starting starting nine brian reynolds was a starting was a starting guy for the nl all-star team oh sure and you think about that nl outfield yelich soto Betts, you know castellanos all these guys Acuna, all these sluggers right. and you had ryan brian reynolds you know starting in center field so uh, I, I, I guess it kind of leaves us, you know, we agree with Soda, we agree with Mullins. Yeah. I guess we can have a little bit of talk about comparing a Reynolds to a, uh, a Castellanos as well as comparing to anyone else who we also kind of considered. Yeah. Um, so what I will say right now, uh, I guess I guess the way I looked at it is Castellanos has the better bat. That goes yeah. without saying. Uh, the average is better. But I just I just look at Reynolds' slash. I see a 309 batting average, a th- which is high. You know, it's it, that's very solid. That's very yeah. good. Um, 391 on base percentage, which is by far a career high. Yeah, yeah. Set then, eight, eight points higher than Castellanos. And then a 524 slugging, which he is not that type. 
Yeah. But I, I believe you just said Soto's uh, slugging. 5'10". So I believe right now Reynolds is tied with Soto in home runs at 18. Was it 18 for yeah, Soto? Yeah, 18. And has You're the right. highest slugging. You're right. If, if, if you guessed, if you, you know, polled anyone, Travis, Soto right now is possibly, is definitely like a top 10 MVP voting kind of guy. Yeah. But if I told you he's going to be in that conversation, but Brian Reynolds will have that same amount of home runs, higher slugging, you'd be shocked. And Reynolds is also a, a, a solid defender because his baseball reference war is at 3.7, which is higher than what Castellanos is right now. So even though Castellanos does have the bat over Reynolds, I just kind of saw the war. I just kind of figured Reynolds must have that, that defensive edge. And the bat has just been so, I guess, not what we expected from him. Uh, I'm just happy with what I'm seeing with him. He actually has 45 walks this season, which... And that's through 97 games. And his career high is 46 walks, which was 2019. And he played the full year. So he's, yeah. he's going to blow that number away. So he's really kind of, he's just kind of improving his approach at the plate. And he's hitting for more power than ever before. So I think Reynolds is taking a big leap in his game. And I had to give him the nod. No, yeah, that's very fair too. And that, that was a guy, of course, like I said, him and Mullins were definitely, you know, in heavy comparisons with. But, um, you know, Castellanos, of course, I like, of course, because the, the highest OPS out of any outfielder, active outfielder, at least right now. So I right. had to go Castellanos with that. And then also with Mullins being so kind of dominant and just being kind of low-key, a really sneaky and good performer, especially with the war. And then, of course, with Soto, how of late he has been getting really hot. Yeah. And so... And, and I, there were, sorry. You yeah, know, I was going to say, I, and, and that's basically with my list. That's kind of how I judge things, you know, looking at war, OPS, and then also looking at, of course, you know, who's getting hot right now because... Like you said, I mean, with Acuna being out, um, yeah, there's the spots there, are open. There, the spots are open, so yeah, and yeah, there were a couple of guys that I also looked at. I had to peek at Winker because I had him, I believe, my last two teams, maybe last three teams. Yeah, uh, I'm in fantasy, so I'm well aware that he's in a bit of a slump right now, and his numbers do kind of reflect that. Um, so he did not make the cut. The defense is not exactly helping him either, which is you know not not great. Um, another guy who I checked on is Gallo. He's in these trade talks, and he was you know an all star. So I wanted to check in. And uh, his power is very impressive. And like you said, he's leading baseball in walks. But his average right now is down. I think it was might have been below 220. It was I, it was pretty low. Yeah, I think earlier I was saying it was like 223. Okay, and, yeah. And with that, yeah. I mean, and, and, and Travis, you know very well that I am not the biggest average guy. I know. It's not, what I listen, <laughs> it's not the first thing I look at. It's not the second thing I look at. But it's something that still I look at at least a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're not hitting for any contact at all. you know, But he has the defense. He has the power. He has the on base. So what's the holdup? I guess I would just like to see a bit more of a, I guess, a kind of a complete presence. He strikes out a lot, a lot, uh, pretty much more than anyone. Uh, I saw a YouTube video a while back saying that they're kind of making the case that Gallo, if he is a long, healthy career, is a very good shot to break the strikeout record, which yeah. that would be, that'd be, that's, that'd be a fun record to see broken. We always talk about, you know, like the home runs, like can someone catch Aaron and Bonds, but I want to see someone catch some records you don't want. That'd yeah, be kind of yeah. fun. But. I wonder if anyone can catch uh, our pools. <laughs> for uh, double plays? Double plays, yeah. That'll be, that'll I, that'll I be doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> I think you'd be already benched already. and That's yeah. the thing. That's yeah, the thing, yeah. 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 But yeah, so I, I had to look at some other guys like Gallo and Winker, but I'm good with my top three. I agree that Castellanos has a very good argument. Yeah. I just I just looked at the war and I just went with, with Reynolds and I think that's fair. So uh, we can move on to DH now, Travis, which is going to be another short discussion. You think so? I do think so. <laughs> because a guy named Shoyo Otani had an absolutely crazy June and after the All-Star break, Travis, he had a bit of a slump. But I believe he now has, I, if I'm not mistaken, is it four home runs in the last, sorry, three home runs in the last four or five games? He, he's picked it up. He's picked he, it up. He's definitely yeah, picked it up, yeah. So, yeah, uh, 
I think there's not much to say. I mean, you, you, give me give me your thoughts on Otani. I guess no, I, I, mean, I, I mean I don't have to ask you. I know what you put. No, I, 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 yeah, I mean it's Shohei Otani, 37, just hit his 37th home run today, um, and also leading, of course, in slugging for the All MLB, and then also in total bases for All MLB. Um, I mean, he is he he's, he's, he's our just, pitcher. He, he's just a freak show. So I I really am just so insanely just like impressed with this guy. Um, he's doing things that are just insane. I mean, even looking back at kind of like the early July numbers, I mean, was on an absolute tear when it comes to that. I think looking at this right now, he had five or six home runs before the All-Star break. So pretty much almost before July 10th, he had six home runs. In the month already. And I mean... And he's put on two more in the last, I believe, last, this last series. You're right, you're right. And, and I mean, it, it's just been insane. I mean, I mean, just been insane. And then, you know, what I will say his pitching has just gotten better. And it's yeah. just, it, I just did not expect this kind of freak show from this guy right now, comparing, you know, looking back at even the last uh, couple seasons, I mean, last season, looking at, you know, batting 190 um, with a 291 on base and a 366 slugging, a 366. That's like kind of his main thing. He was saving it for us, Travis. No, he exactly. Saving, he, he was saving, saving it all for that. You know, I'm glad he did because, you know, screw the shortened season. He just said, I'm going to go for the whole 2021. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come back out with my main act. And I mean, man, is yeah. it, is it just something? I mean, so, so something really insane. crazy, something really crazy, Travis, that I'll add is, um, Otani, if you're looking at, uh, just position player war. So this is looking at Otani without the pitching. So take out all the pitching numbers, yep. just him as a DH, and I guess the couple right field appearances we've seen. But just looking at those alone, he is eighth in WAR as a DH. Yeah. In case you don't know, folks, DHs automatically get dinged a bunch defensively because they don't play defense at all. They're in the they're on the bench for the for the, for the defensive yeah. side of the game. Yep. So their defensive WAR is automatically a big negative. And so to see any DH be that high in WAR is crazy. He's at a three point nine just in terms of his bat as as a DH. And then, obviously, when you factor in the pitching, he is over a whole one win above replacement. He's at 6.7, and the next closest is Tatis at 5.3. So he's running away with it. Obviously, we don't factor in the pitching into our DH decision, but just showing you that his position player war, just looking at the DH stuff, he is a top eight as a DH, which he doesn't play defense, and he's still a top eight in terms of value, which is nutty, nutty, nutty. No, and the day he hits 10 war, and I'm hoping, you know, sometime, sometime in September, that will just be a day where I think everyone's just going to be like, you know, holy cow, now you're kind of in Bonds and Babe Ruth, you know, territory. Right. So yeah. Historical, yeah, historical greatness, which, so, which we already know he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, it, I mean, like you said, it's it's not really an argument. I mean, it's basically him and really nobody else. And so Shohei, of course, is kind of the main, of course, story of 2021. Um, and I think that is actually a good transition kind of into our awards now, Alex. Um, when Actually, no, of course, I'll start off by always going with my, you know. Pitching? Uh, actually, you're right. I totally skipped the pitching. <laughs> no, I totally missed that right now, too. We got some We got some arms, Travis. We yeah, I know. We got some arms. And we got some, you know, I will say we got some NL arms. <laughs> we definitely do. NL favorite arms. The NL, of course, this year. It, you know, it's always been historic. The NL has always had the pitchers. And I feel like the AL has always had the hitters. And this year, it's proving it greatly because the AL hitting is on another level. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you know, 
some of the hitters in the game this year, it's all coming from the AL. And then, of course, the pitching side. Yeah, it's I, I almost feel bad for, for a guy like Guerrero Jr. We'll get to this when we talk MVP stuff. But yeah. he, if he was in the NL, he and Tatis would be having a great race. It would oh, be so yeah, fun to look yeah, at that race. Yeah. But Otani is pulled away from Guerrero in a really big way right now. But, yeah, let's, let's go on with the pitchers. Yeah, so uh, you want to go first? or uh, uh, go, go, go for it. Go okay. for it. Okay, so... For the uh, for the starting five, of course, um, you know he's been injured, but I'll start off. Jacob Degrom, he is, of course, he has to be on the list. I mean, how could you not with him trying to break Bob Gibson's ERA title in a single season? He's number one. Number two, the actual leader in ERA right now, if you contain all the uh, innings pitched, it's going to be Lance Lynn. So Lance Lynn is on my starting five. I don't think I had him last uh, last month, but he has been pitching tremendous. I think a one point nine ERA. Um, Third on the list is going to be Gosman of the San Francisco Giants, of course, having an insane year with that club. And he's really kind of the reason why I feel like they are doing so well at that pitching side. He has been incredible. Number four, I went with Peralta of the Brewers. Wow. So, you know, I saw, of course, this the, the game in the All-Star game, had a clean inning, was fantastic. He is, he's been insane, I think, for them. And he's their three guy. I mean, I, I just feel like he is such an important piece, and he's their three guy. You look at the Angels' three guy, and it's like, I mean, it's probably Jose Suarez or something like that. And it's just like, you know, if we lost him, we really wouldn't be, you know, grieving that much. But Peralta is doing insane. And then lastly, I just stick in with the Brewers. Um, this is kind of, of course, kind of an interesting and kind of hard pick, but um, I went with Woodruff. And so Woodruff, I think, is still the ace of that team. Had kind of a really banged up start against the White Sox and against Lance Lynn. Actually, Lance Lynn hit an RBI against him, which is probably kind of going to piss off Woodruff because that was that was the guy he was pitching against that day, and the pitcher was the one that got the RBIs. But DeGrom, Lynn, Gosman, Peralta, Woodruff, um, that's my... You know, that's going to be my starting five. Alex, um, what do you got for yours? Sure, yeah. So um, mine is definitely a bit of a curveball, and you know, it's for a few reasons. Uh, I actually left off so so i'll put it this way charles we were preparing our list right and i had six names i really liked and i had to decide who to cut and the guy who i cut is probably the best of them all so i'll i'll, I'll just don't don't I'll, do that I'll, I'll, I'll just get into it so uh i'll start with my with my lone al guy uh it's gonna be lance lynn i think we agree that he is um just asserting his dominance the innings pitched he's been a workhorse and the ERA is is tops of the of the American League as well. So uh, there's no way you can keep him off this list. He he's made his case. Um, the White Sox. He's such a key piece. And also they just locked him up for a couple year extension. So uh, he's he's you know earned his keep in their mind and for good reason. So Lynn's on the list for sure. I actually had to have Corbin Burns. Who that's that's our first difference there. Yeah. So Corbin Burns, Travis is looking at his numbers is kind of one of the big reasons why I could not put uh jacob de grom so jacob de grom is not going to be my top five and because uh, according to baseball reference corbin burns leads the national league in era and that is because jacob de grom currently does not qualify for the era title so if the season did end today technically i guess jacob de grom would not get the era title because he's not had enough innings pitched and that's just because of his injuries yeah and i haven't been fantasy travis I have personally felt the pain of having to have him <laughs> on my injured yep. list in fantasy. But right now what Burns is doing, we're talking about a 2.12 ERA, which is tops of the NL, uh, ignoring, of course, DeGrom, whose innings pitched is a little bit low. Um, 
ERA plus is a 196. That's also tops of the NL. And his FIP, his fielding independent pitching, is tops in baseball. It's at a 1.35, which is showing that it's even lower than his ERA, which almost tells you he could be doing even better if he had a bit more luck with balls in play. He also has uh, the absolute best at limiting home runs per nine, and he also has the best strikeouts per nine. That's for all of baseball. I'm seeing a 12.9 strikeouts per nine, which leads MLB. I had to put Burns. I really uh, like what he's doing this year. Even though it's like you almost lose track of this Woodruff, Burns, Peralta scenario because Definitely. you have three guys on one team, and it's kind of hard to keep track. But um, you could go, you can go with any of those three guys and have them on this list. I had to have Burns, so he's my second pick. My uh, third pick, I had Woodruff. He has almost slipped a little bit. Um, he did kind of get outdueled by Lance Lynn, which we saw, which was super funny that Lance Lynn drove in the RBIs that really decided that matchup they had, right? We saw Lance Lynn actually, you know, beat Woodruff in a head-to-head match at the plate, which was just funny to see. But, you know, that aside, Woodruff has the numbers that, you know, we agree that he's, you know, deserves to be here on this list. He's been having a special year. Um, I also went with Gausman as well. Of course, he's been the Giants' ace. Um, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. And then lastly, I actually still have Wheeler. I think just the, what he's done from a war perspective, it kind of shows that he's been a great workhorse. He has the, one of the most surprising years, and I really just couldn't cut him. I do think guys like Peralta make great cases against him. Um, of course, DeGrom has a very great case against them. I just cut DeGrom for solely because of innings pitched. If the season ended today, DeGrom might honestly win the Cy Young, but mm-hmm. he would not get the ERA title because of the innings pitched, which is kind of really crazy, yeah. but... Uh, that's the way it is. So, um, yeah, let's discuss, I guess. Obviously, you uh, you just said a minute ago that the uncuttable guy was DeGrom. So what do you think about me leaving him off? Yeah, I mean, no, it's funny because if you were just kind of like, not saying you're an idiot, but I'm just saying if you were the <laughs> idiot that just was looking at like baseball reference and you said, who's Jacob DeGrom's not even on this list? Like, he must be awful. Of course, yeah, because he doesn't even qualify. So I, I definitely understand that. I see that definitely as being, you know, I mean, especially imagine if Jacob DeGrom only pitched like 50 innings and everyone's at like 150 innings, but his ERA is, is, is zero and he's a starting pitcher. Right. You'd be like, well, why don't you pitch 100 more innings and we'll see where you're at. Yeah. You know, I definitely see that. We um, know he's the real deal. No, it's, exactly. It, it's just a matter of how do we assess what these guys have done so far. And I guess just as his owner in our fantasy, in my fantasy league, I just kind of see how many starts he has missed. And it's very unfortunate because I really want to see him prove that he could beat like a Gibson record or just kind of be like a, a three Cy Youngs in four year. I want to see that happen in the, like a legit, like, you know, workhorse kind of way. I just, unfortunately, these nagging injuries he's had, uh, it's a real big bummer. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's honestly the same thing, kind of like a Mike Trout. You know, Mike Trout's OPS right now is actually a 1080 uh, right. but OPS. But of course, he does not qualify but for that But of course, title. he doesn't qualify. Exactly. So it's the same kind of discussion. We know these guys are elite. We know these guys are in a different league. But, of course, they don't qualify because they don't have the the sample size is not the same as everyone else's. So, right. no, I definitely see that. I mean, it, it's nothing really to be – I'm not going to be too disappointed now about, you know, I think just with Jacob deGrom and, you know, what, what we've seen this season, it's been it's been stupid. It's been – he's been fooling batters like I've never really even seen before. And so yeah. I definitely see that. And also a good point, too, with the Corbin Burns. I mean, Corbin Burns actually, of course, is having a better ERA and almost looks like he's having a better season than some of, the, some of the guys on the list. I think his name, of course, was a snub that I was definitely hard to put on the list. 
there's, uh, there's, there's six or seven guys that you really want to include. There, and, there's honestly and, almost 10 guys, and, I feel like. Right, and there's only room for five. Exactly, so, exactly. Um, so yeah. I, of course, want to pick the guys that are on, you know, I think leading first place teams and leading championship organizations. That's Fair. why, of course, I like Lynn. That's why, of course, I like Gosman. Um, and then, of course, I just really like what I saw from Peralta, of course, at the All-Star game. That was awesome. And then, of course, just the way he's been pitching. Um, and then, I, of course, Woodruff yeah. being the ace. I like, of course, Woodruff. I think Woodruff is kind of a, a guy you always will be trusting, especially if you go into a playoff game. Woodruff starting game one. So um, Sure. And so, I, 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 of course, these lists are almost – I knew our starting pitching would be the only thing that we'd have really a difference in because they can go so many different ways. The NL is so loaded with starting pitching. Like you said, Wheeler definitely could deserve to be on this list. His war, I think, is honestly one of the best when it comes to pitchers. Yeah, I think his war is is is, is near the near the tops. And then also, I believe his. I think he leads the National League in strikeouts. And it's not because he's a great strikeouts per nine guy, but he has so many innings pitched. He stays in games late, which is super valuable. Um, in in more in in, in many ways. But yeah, yeah. I, I think we are in agreement yeah. there. And then I think honestly, Alex, the, you know, moving on to the ninth inning guy, um, you know. I think last month we actually came into agreements on one guy, and I've been really high on this guy. But there's kind of a new sheriff in town, and there's a little bit of a change to it. And I went with the guy who's on the trade block, Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell right now is my top closer in the game. Hater had a little bit of a slip. His ERA went up. Kimbrell's has been insane. I think right now his ERA is at a .5, and he is almost back to the Atlanta Braves' Craig Kimbrell that we have seen. I mean, the dominance that we are witnessing right now is pretty much insane. Actually, looking at it right now, the best, almost actually the best season um, ever since his rookie, actually 2010 year. He only pitched in 20 innings, but this year has 36 innings pitched and has a .49 ERA. Nuts. I mean, just befuddling hitters right now. Um, And then also with it, 64 strikeouts. He actually, I think he's one of the top guys in strikeouts when it comes to closers, Um, and also when it comes to, you know, Ks per nine. And then also I think he's actually second behind Melanson in saves. And so, I mean, he's doing it And 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 an interesting note there is that you look at saves for guys like Melanson, guys like Hayter, they're on teams that are have a much better record than the Cubs. So Kimbrell, if he is lagging in saves at all, it is because he probably has less opportunities, not because he's less of a closer. Exactly. So I'll just say all that to say we do agree that Kimbrell is the man right now. I believe last month we both had Hater, and like you mentioned, Hater ERA did rise a bit. Kimbrell being at a point four nine is just absolutely it is out of this world, and. We, I mean, so ERA is not it's not even the perfect step, but you can just look across the board at, I guess, what he's been able to do. Um, it's been just super impress- impressive. Um, his FIP this year is, is right now he's sitting at a, at a point, sorry, at a 1.08, which is just, it is insanely low. Um, his ERA plus is up at an 825. These are just like video game numbers. And yeah, like you said, 23 saves. He's just been, su- he's just been super special. Um, it, it really is, the kind of season he needs um if he can kind of continue this dominance obviously not a 0.49 for for several seasons on end but yeah. just just kind of getting back to his old self is going to be super key in terms of he i mean he he's that kind of guy travis i know you will agree with this he's sort of chasing some of the great names in in, in closing in mlb history so um you know obviously mariano is one of one but you know whoever second third fourth in that list he's trying to make his case he uh if he retired before this season he may have already been a Hall of Famer, but he is continuing 
to, I guess, kind of make his case and continuing to, I guess, add more legacy to uh, to his name. And, you know, a season like this, followed by a couple more uh, that are also all-star level, you know, he, he's, he just, he just, he just building on his resume. I'll just put, put it that way. Definitely. I'll just agree with that one, um, with that. And that kind of really sums up, of course, our, you know, starting team for all MLB. Um, I'll kind of move now to the, you know, Mr. July, who's performed in July. It's going to be kind of a hard one and a tricky one because the all-star game kind of taking a full week off players, of course, only had about, you know, maybe three weeks to kind of prove themselves as being, you know, the all Mr. July, but one guy that really stood out to me, Alex, was Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. Juan Soto, uh, right now with nine home runs in the month of July, almost going to be ten. I, I, you know, honestly, if I was a betting man, he probably will get ten before the thirty-first on uh, on Sunday, or I think it was Saturday. But um, yeah, Juan Soto to me is the player of the month. He has had such a comeback, even after the All Star game, after that home run derby. I think that really just awoken him, and right now he is on a tear. Uh, and so just seeing him the way he is, I am extremely happy to have him back. I think he is the guy that will now put a little bit of the pressure on Tatis because I really don't know who was else who else was really pressuring Tatis. I knew it was DeGrom, but right now with DeGrom being injured so much, right. I think DeGrom has the, has, still has the opportunity. He still probably is the Cy Young for the NL, but I don't think he's going to catch in the MVP because you have to have really a special and also healthy full season to win the MVP as a pitcher. I see Soto kind of really creeping in that discussion now. And so, you know, Tatis finally, I think, has some kind of some competition for the um, for the MVP. But yeah, my all July player right now is Juan Soto. Um, yeah. So and, and any anything else? Anything else with that? Yeah. So um, I'll just say that we agree. Uh, I was kind of on the fence with a few guys. And just looking at Soto's numbers, I was actually pulling up. I, I had a feeling you were going to say Soto and I was also leaning Soto. So um looking at his numbers you can kind of break it down by month here on baseball reference so i'm seeing uh combining april march which obviously this year i believe april 1st was opening day but that's just how they put it but april april march he had an 870 ops which is you know all-star level but we kind of expect better from him at this point and then he dropped down to a 732 in may which is you know nothing like what we're used to seeing from soto and then up to a 922 in june so he kind of okay He's kind of creeping back here, and then July he just absolutely goes off. He hits a 342 average, a 480 on base, a 724 slug, all for a 1203 OPS. It's just it's just crazy numbers. Um, it's by far his best month, and he, like you said, is climbing back in the MVP conversation. Charles, in one month he went from like you know almost barely an all-star to just literally when all-star voting was happening he like was not a consensus like starting all-star at no, all no no um, D- didn't even have 10 home runs yet and, and, and then we get to this point now where he is in mvp conversation so that kind of quick turnaround really tells you what kind of july he's had um like you mentioned he's, he has nine home runs i believe as of as of right now which yep, is nine just, home runs yeah um, hit one yesterday that was that, an oppo shot in philadelphia that People were saying they don't even know if they've seen a right-handed hitter hit yeah. a ball that far. Right. It, like, cleared the whole entire front row stands and went inside the tunnel. And, I mean, the power that this guy has is just insane. That's why I thought that he could easily hit 50 home runs. I thought even, too, he could even get on a roll where he could get probably even to 45 home runs this season and just be flat out like we've never seen someone hit like this before. Almost like a Schwarber kind of guy, but for right. a second half. Right, yeah. And just look, yeah, like we said, nine home runs this month. He had nine home runs before this month started. So 
that just kind of goes to show you what kind of month he's had. Um, I'm glad we kind of are, I guess, in a similar mindset on on, yeah. on July, a player of the month. Um, that sort of wraps that up, I think. Yeah, we can go yeah. on to awards. Yep, yep, awards. And, of course, these, of course, I think don't take too much time. Um, you know, yeah, we'll we're going we'll, to have some easy ones. We'll start with the MVP um, and, and quickly what, what you know, for me, Tatis and Otani are the MVPs right now of the um, NL and the AL. Uh, Alex, anything you got on that? Any changes? Nope. Nope. <laughs> those are those are the obvious choices. If you are watching baseball, following the media, you know that those two guys are kind of the stories of you know the year. They're kind of the future. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm yeah. happy with those two picks. Yeah. And also, I want to add one thing. You know, I heard a discussion earlier. You know, I think it was either Monday or Sunday, but. Um, Joe Adam, Joe Madden of the, of the Angels, uh, the manager, they were asked, you know, is the MVP race close? Is it, you know, is it kind of far away? And, you know, it, what basically how far away is Shohei Otani, you know, is, 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 is the next yeah. is the next competitor for yeah. him? And, you know, Joe Madden came out and said, it's not even a close race. Like, honestly, in my, in my opinion, it's already won. It's already over. And, you know, I saw a lot of different segments on MLB Network, on SportsCenter, and they were actually covering that. And a lot of people were saying, you know, is it close or is it not? A lot of people were saying it's, it's yeah, it, it's not close. It's not close at all. Your opinion, what do you think? Is it close? Is it something that maybe Vladimir Guerrero, if he possibly were to win a Triple Crown, that he would definitely get himself in the conversation? Um, what, what do you think? So, yeah, uh, Triple Crown has been something that, you know, has really made a case for people in the past to really win MVP. I've gone on record saying that Miguel Cabrera's season, where he, the MVP year where he did not get the Triple Crown, yeah, 2013. actually had the better numbers than his Triple Crown MVP season. If you just look at his uh, average on-base slugging, uh, it looks superior in the year where he, he did not have the Triple Crown. Uh, I am personally not a big RBI guy, and average is definitely a consideration, But and home runs, of course, are, are important, but um, I just don't think the even though the Triple Crown is a historic achievement, in terms of saying who's more valuable, you know, RBIs are not a factor at all when my guy is hitting the most home runs in the AL and is pitching a two-something ERA. It's not even close. It has to be Otani, and it has to be running away because Guerrero is having the breakout party he deserves. If he was in the NL, like I said earlier, he could have a great race with Tatis. That'd be super fun. I think it, it, it'd be close right now. I it think would be. It'd Tatis, be really Tatis would, fun. Tatis would have the uh, war advantage, but Guerrero, and they're close in homers, but Guerrero has, I think, the better slash overall. Yeah. But it, it'd be a super fun fun race to watch. But Otani is just doing something completely different. That I don't even know. I don't know what could possibly compete with it unless someone had like a crazy like 1.2 OPS, like a Bonds type year. Yeah. What could possibly compare to. We have a guy who has over a thousand OPS, and he's also our best pitcher on our team by far. It's like, it's it's just it's just something else. I think we've hammered it home uh, too many times here, but Otani deserves deserves yeah. to be and, praised. And, and I was even hearing some examples where you know, let's just say hypothetically, what if Guerrero has like a one point three OPS? You know, some, yeah. something just stupidly insane, and I still think Otani's probably gonna win it because yeah, here on two tools, you know, we we care about tools, yeah. <laughs> you know. When you, look, got when you look at Ochoa Otani, he's got too many tools. You look at Guerrero, he plays first base. You know, he plays decent defense. Not going to be a it's great not, base runner. Not going to be a great, you know, he actually still is kind of a cannon at, at first base. But, you know, he is not the same kind of player and not the same kind of athleticism no. as Shohei Otani. And we're seeing that it's not close at all. I'm glad we agree on that. And, and, and I'm glad we agree on the MVPs. And all, yeah. all, the, all the war numbers agree with us as well. If you look exactly. at if you look at baseball reference war or fangraphs war, they all point to the fact that you combine in the pitching 
and the hitting numbers of Otani combined into a total war. He just is running away with both. Um, it's not close. It's not close in, in, yep. in that category at all. Good. So Good. I, I'm glad we agree there. And now, uh, you know, moving on to the Cy Young, um, we've seen changes go throughout the months. Um, right now, Alex, give me your AL and NL Cy Youngs for uh, for the season. Yeah, so uh, my AL pick should be kind of obvious because I only have one AL guy in my top five. So <laughs> yeah. I assume you're going to agree as well. We're yes, in the same yes, boat. So yes. Lance Lynn is my current AL Cy Young. I believe last month I had Rodon, his teammate, and they were putting up very comparable seasons uh, up to that point. And then just in this month, Lynn has sort of edged him out a little bit. Right now, Lynn has sort of made his case as the ace on the team. If they had to, you know, had a, a game five of the ALDS and everyone was available, I think they would go Lynn. They would, I think he's sort of like the guy they trust right now. They're just getting that extension. Um, all good signs pointing to Lynn. He's leading, leading the AL in, in a bunch of stuff. He's at the top of the mountain in terms of the AL. So Lynn is my choice for American League Cy Young. National League, I actually am sticking with Jacob deGrom. Okay. So even though he's not in my top five because he doesn't qualify for that ERA title, I still do think that he has not missed enough innings to eliminate him from this award. And I don't think, you know, we have this great pool of guys like Gosman, like uh, Burns, like I mentioned, Wheeler's being a workhorse. Um, the list goes on and on. But I don't think any of them have stepped up from that pack enough to really challenge DeGrom, even though DeGrom has the fewer innings, his run prevention was just on a different level from all of those guys we listed. Just truly like a one-of-one copy. And there's, you know, all those other guys, if one of them were to step up, I could maybe see an argument for a Burns, an argument for a Woodruff. Um, I guess we'll have to just wait and see if someone does step up. But until someone does really assert themselves over that pack, um, I have to stick with DeGrom, unless DeGrom completely stops playing, which I hope is not the case. But yeah, I assume we'll see him back soon. And he, I don't think, you know, my expectation is that throughout the rest of the season, every month that we're going to get to this point, and I'm going to say Jacob DeGrom, we'll see. Fingers crossed that that's the case. Yeah, yeah. And basically everything said, just repeat, retweet it for me. Cool. Yeah, same thing. Jacob DeGrom, Lance Lynn, through July, at least right now, are your AL and NL Cy Youngs. I think it's pretty easy to say. Um, moving lastly into the rookie of the years. Now these of course might see some changes. Of course, you'll see rookies getting called up in probably the next, you know, four weeks, right. um, later in the season. So, uh, these things could change, but I mean, for me, they, they stayed the same, Alex. I have Trevor Rogers in the Miami Marlins organization. And then I also have, uh, Adolis Garcia for the Rangers. Both guys are just being outstanding players. Adolis being an all-star, being a slugger. Possibly could hit almost 40 home runs in a rookie season. I think that's really impressive. Um, and also playing center field um, for that organization. And then, of course, Trevor Rogers with the ERA and just kind of being that bright spot for that Marlins team. Um, yeah, I think those guys are definitely, uh, you know, it. I know, of course, a lot of people are also saying, you know, Jazz Chisholm is a guy that's pressing Rogers, which is funny because they're teammates. Yeah, bright, um, bright future over there. Exactly, exactly. So, but I, you know, of course, I think I think having Rogers being in that pack with all the other great NL arms, I think that really does say, yeah, he's got to be the rookie of the year because he's really, he's just performing like all those all stars and all those great pitchers in the NL. Um, what do you think? Yeah, so I I agree with what Rogers is doing. Is is you know. He deserves it completely. He reminds me of like the Ian Anderson of last year almost. Yep. He's just kind of this young guy who all of a sudden it's time to break out. And, you know, doing it in your rookie year like that is super special. The numbers speak for themselves. He is my National League 
Rookie of the Year as well as of July. Uh, AL, every single month, maybe the last two or three months, I've looked at Adolis Garcia as well as someone else. And I always compared them, and I always gave Adolis the slight edge. And this year, <laughs> sorry, this month, I finally made the switch. I actually have Akil Badu as my current, okay, um, okay, as of July, uh, AL Rookie of the Year. His OPS plus has his WAR is still lower than Garcia, and my guess is that has to do with games played. Even though I have not actually compared them, yep. Um, the OPS plus for Badu has now climbed. Uh, up to 134, which is a it's a big step above above Garcia. I believe Garcia is down in the 120s, and um, I did see Garcia's uh, Garcia's uh, on base percentage crawled below 300, which for me is definitely a red flag. His power is much it, it's superior to Badu's for sure, but just as a, I guess a complete hitter, looking at the discipline and just the overall OPS, I just kind of gave the nod to uh, to Badu this time. Uh, Garcia is a very good case because of that power, and he does have the superior war for now. Um, we'll see how the season continues, but I decided to switch it up and go with Badu on the Tigers. Um, they have been one of the hottest teams recently, yeah, and yeah. he is a reason just because he, you know having these young guys kind of come come out of nowhere. Travis, we know it well. Like last last year in the short season with uh, with Jared Walsh, he became a superstar, not a superstar, but he became a bright spot in our batting order. In a week, like in a week's yeah. time, he had like a few doubles, a few homers. All of a sudden, he gives us something to really cheer for. Yeah. So Badu's almost been that kind of thing for a Tigers team that had low hopes for the season. And he is currently, I guess, just sort of a, a bit of a bright spot. And um, I gave him the nod this time. And uh, I can see the arguments for both, but I did go with Badu. No problem, no problem. Um, and, you know, that really kind of sums up all the awards, all the uh, all MLB players with um with with kind of what, what what they're doing right now in the season um i guess lastly alex we'll just kind of cover up and you know finish the episode with just kind of a little bit of a small angels chat um sure. right now you know they took the game tonight they beat the colorado rockies and took the series so thank goodness you know i know thank goodness we almost all melt down in the seventh did, did you see i was checking my phone when we were recording and i guess it was a 7-7 game it was yeah and then yep. we got a clutch goslin rbi yeah, the goose is loose yep, yeah yeah and so that that saved the game for us um and then a nice iglesias save so i leave a win might be right. I think you got to right. win. Might be right. So yeah. So Iglesias, uh, you know, of course, one of the bright spots for the Angels. But you know, please don't treat him. Let's, uh, let's just say that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we should be sellers at all. But uh, yeah. No. Looking at it right now, the you know, with other teams, of course, winning and losing. I think the Angels right now are still five games back of um, the Oakland A's. You know, at least on Monday we were five and a half, and at least now they are five games. So we're slowly kind of you know getting back into things, but. Of course, we possibly have one of the be- biggest, you know, series of the year. And I feel like we always say this almost every month or every, every, yeah. every, I feel like every week it's like we have the biggest series of the week. But we are playing at home this weekend, starting tomorrow night, uh, four against the Oakland A's. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I mean, imagine sweeping the A's and you yeah. are. Well, that, that would be, that would, that would change everything if we were to sweep them. Yeah. yeah. Especially because we know. As Travis, you and I both know well, we were dealing with injuries, and the A's are adding an all-star in Marte. Yeah, <laughs> it's like his, both get, teams right now are just really... He'll probably get his first full series in the A's uniform. But, yeah. but um, yeah, essentially, if we are able to even tie the series, considering the fact that we will probably not be seeing Trout, Rendon, Walsh, um, you know, just considering that fact alone, I think it'd be a W if we can just uh, break even. 
I think so too. You're not right. lose any ground. Losing ground in the in the wild card race would be just killer at this point. Yeah. It would be absolutely yeah, killer. Yeah, because now you have other teams in other divisions who you really can't control. You might not play anymore. Right. Um, I mean, luckily for us, we still, I think, either have three or four against New York. And I think it's actually four because we had a rain out. So we have four against New York, and then we also have four against the Blue Jays um, coming up, I believe, in August. So, I mean, of course, August, we play some actually some big wild card opponents. And so... Hoping we'll be healthy for that. Yeah, and, um, yeah. hopefully we have our starters figured out it feels like you know every week here someone has to miss a start and we have like a question mark either a Jaime Berea call up or a God, I know. Suarez gets moved from bullpen to starting rotation <laughs> lots of question marks and the fact that we're above 500 you know yeah I'm okay with it like and you know and I will say it's one not thing, been super pretty but no it's not pretty at all but it, at least what this weekend brings is we're probably going to see of course Patrick Sanderval one of our best young pitchers right now almost had a no hitter his last start we're going to see Shohei Otani and then we're also going to see, um, hopefully, uh, Alex Cobb. I, who's, I, I really hope we get him this series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that, that'll at least be three good starting pitchers to face the A's. And, you know, those are three guys that actually can honestly go out there and get us a win. Because, I mean, we've had some pretty big hits by some some low-key guys. And so that's kind of been like the – I feel like that's been kind of the, the, the story of the season is that mm-hmm. all of our guys that have come up, you know, either by, you know, low-key ac- acquisitions or just minor league guys. But it's going to take a lot – for this team to yeah have a good series i think honestly we need to play our best baseball this this weekend and like you said if we take two and we lose two i honestly that that's me as a series win so um yeah i think our, i think you and i would agree that a weakness for us has kind of been the a's just in the last several definitely, years definitely so um i do think that they are the current favorite in my mind to be the second wild card team mm-hmm. in my mind i feel like we're in a race with them obviously do you, you don't want to sleep on the yankees you don't want to sleep on the Blue Jays, um, but I do feel like the you know, and the Mariners as well are still a winning team. But I do think that the A's are the main competition. So I just want to have a better record than them. I want to be second in the AL West. I think that is should be the number one goal. And so, um, if in order for us to be better than them, we don't necessarily have to be destroying them in the head to head. If we can just take care of business, you know, on our road trips and stuff, and then go even with them when we play them, we can definitely climb back in the race. I believe we're. Maybe four and a half back after a win today. I'm not exactly sure. I'll have to double check. I know we're still five because I know A's beat the Padres. But, um, okay. but I mean, just looking at it, I mean, imagine if we take, you know, the first two or something like that. And now we're looking at, you know, three games back and we are heading into August. We have two months left and you only have three games to make up. And you still haven't even had the full onslaught of the Angels offense, which, I mean, we both agree is definitely most likely possibly a top five in baseball when all healthy yeah, I, I, and I, all clicking. I mean, I, it's insane. I, I think we saw, I think I saw a stat on Twitter where it's been, around, I think, five games where we've seen Fletcher, Trout, Rendon, Otani, Upton, and Stassi all line up. Like, yeah. probably our six best yeah. hitters. Yeah. Five games of, our, of those guys all together. It's like, that. you know, that's just unfair. unfair. And so, unfair. Um, you know, the fact that all these guys are kind of injured at the wrong times has been a bummer. But um, like you just said, if we can get, honestly, if we can just get Trout back um, sooner than later, it could make all the difference in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. Get that Fletcher, Trout, Otani kind of top three, and that would be, that'd be awesome. That, that, that'd be great. That would, that would put us in a great spot yeah. to make a push. And it's going to also come down to, I guess, what we do in the next couple of days. Because if, if we don't add at all, um, it's definitely going to hurt our chances. I think we need to add a couple bullpen death pieces. Yep. I love what the Astros did. I almost wish we took a similar approach going for a guy like Gray. I mean, what if I told you we could trade, you know, I mean, 
you know, Toro Toro has a lot of upside. So, you know, the trade is, you know, a lot of Mariner fans are probably upset as well. We also heard the rumors that Mariner's fa- uh, players are upset about yeah, the trade. Yeah, the GM, yep. But, but Toro, um, you know, there's, there's reason to be think he's going to be viable in the future. And he's at the right age group to kind of click with those players. Mm-hmm. But um, to kind of grow with them. But if Travis, if I told you we could give up like one of our like kind of you know middle level young guys for you know Graveman and Montero, two two solid bullpen pieces that which we have almost pretty much one of. We I only have said Sunday. We only have Iglesias, <laughs> and then of course you know they're still they're going after Yumi yeah. Garcia. So yeah. um, I think we both identified. I think I told you last week, but like you know a guy like Rogers from the Twins, a lefty. You know, kind of has just the filthy stuff. Not really going to overpower you with a high, you know, velocity fastball. But I like that. I like a lefty because we actually designated for assignment Claudio, and so getting him would be, I think, a very nice compliment to Iglesias. That would at least be like almost an eighth and ninth inning is securely locked. No, I, I I've been a big fan mm-hmm. of Rogers for a while now. Um, I I love I, yeah, his numbers are great. Uh, he kind of does it all as a lefty reliever. Uh, one thing I will say is, uh. In our fantasy team, I picked up Rogers, and I just knew that even though the even though the Twins picked up uh, Colome from the White Sox, yep. the advanced stats really just did not like Colome, and I just kind of said he's not going to be the closer for very long, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of in the mid- a middle of the pack reliever now, and Rogers is just kind of that guy in my mind. I do think he'd be a great guy to go after. I'm not sure what he would cost us, but I can't imagine it'd be too much. The Twins are clearly kind of in a rebuild mode, sending away Cruz and and almost. You know, they're shopping Buxton, which that makes you think, okay, they're going to commit to a rebuild here soon, and, and maybe we can go get Rodgers or another bullpen piece. I know Rodgers is actually hurt right now, but, I mean, honestly, if we know it's going to be a short a short stint on the IL, I'm fine with going after him. Hey, we, we know injuries more than anyone. So. Yeah, we we, <laughs> we know how to deal with it, so yeah. I'd be okay with it. I, I think we do need to add in the bullpen maybe a starter, but honestly, I think it really comes down to the bullpen, no more blowing games. Maybe one piece of outfield depth. I'm not sure exactly what the move is. Um, I, I actually am not too concerned with Shohei, Sandoval, Cobb, and Heaney. I really am not too concerned with that four. The fifth guy, you know, let's see if we bring up, uh, you know, a young guy like Detmers or Chris Rodriguez. We'll see. I think those guys being stretched out in the AAA right now into being full starters, uh, already showing some good performances. I do think that, you know, I don't want to say we should expect them this year. But I do think that but possibly as a we, debut. Should, yeah. we should be prepared for that possibility. I do think that if we're in a spot where we, like you said, um, looking at Otani, looking at Cobb, Sandoval, Heaney, that's four. I think if you add Detmers as a solid five, or maybe Canning is also, I think, in AAA right now, um, getting some, I guess, some working out some kinks. I think that we do need to kind of get a fifth guy. And either if it's not going to be a free agent, we do have the guys in AAA to... I think make a bit of an impact. So definitely, we'll have to see when we when we uh, I guess kind of post trade deadline. We'll see where we're at and yeah. we'll figure out who we need to call up and who we don't. But um, yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up. Anything else about the Angels? I, I think we're 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 in an okay spot. If you told me we're missing this many games of Rendon and this many games of Trout and that Bundy and Canning weren't going to be in the team and all this kind of stuff, I would say we must be like a four hundred team. But we're we're over five hundred. Yeah, so. yeah. And like I said, you know, nothing really too much to add on that. I think it's going to be interesting next time we come out and you know. Air, an air another episode i think it'll be interesting to see where we're at and the angels are at um yeah it, it'll be fun to see yeah i think that pretty much yeah, wraps it up we'll give you guys a full recap on this important a series uh next week guys and also um we will hopefully have all the trade scoops and uh, we'll get all that uh you know to you guys next episode so 
Thanks so much for sticking around. Another long one. Back to back long ones, Travis. We yeah, gotta we gotta, we gotta figure out what, uh, what we're doing here. But I know. I, we'll try to get like an hour one next time. Yeah, yeah. yeah we just like talking too much. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks so much for listening. If you're listening to the end, guys, uh, we appreciate all the support and have a good rest of your day. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>